Bring it in. Read option back with another episode. Finishing up our NFL previews. And this is episode 199, which means our next episode will be our 200th episode of the read option, which is kind of a mind-blowing stat in my head. Uh, as here we are two and a half years of doing this podcast and um, yeah I mean 200 episodes I'm excited we got the whole crew in today Scotty and Vito Scotty's back from his uh, wild Hawaii adventures got out there at a, a rough time with the wildfires but he's safe and he's home uh, with with, a, with some new ink too, a sick tattoo which we were just admiring uh, and Vito was in Philly last week and now is back in Cleveland and will probably be in Philly for the 200th episode. Who knows? I was I was actually in Michigan for the whole week, too. I ah, went to, it yes, was whole that's thing. right. You were Philly <laughs> and then Michigan and then now Cleveland. And yeah, in classic Vito uh, fashion. But how are uh, we, boys? Are you excited for 200? I can't believe it, man. I, like it, it seems like yesterday we were talking in COVID about doing our first episodes for the boys on a fantasy podcast and then people liked it. And I can't even tell you guys like in the last week, um, uh, like people from work or outside of like just in life have, have just friends that I've talked to are like, Hey, by the way, excited that like you guys are getting back on the regular basis on the pod and like love that football is coming up. Like, like just like us, you know, right around football seasons when all our fans get excited. So I think we'll have a big showing out for the 200, which will be, uh, which will be fun. No question. Yeah, I know. This, like you said, Vito, it all started with uh, the suggestion of people in our fantasy league to start it. And uh, here we are 200 episodes later, or 199 as of uh, as of this one. And it's been really fun chopping it up and talking ball um, yeah. the whole way through. And, you know, obviously beyond that, like, um, I think how, how close it's brought the three of us in particular. So you guys are uh, a much... <laughs> bigger part of my life now than 200 episodes ago and i <laughs> yeah and I, and I thank you for it no question yeah. the one uh, shout out to jeff i just gotta say like i don't know what my number total is i don't know what scotty's but <laughs> jeff's got the 199 on him he's the tom brady pick right now it's it's that's true it's, uh, it's our tom yeah. brady episode <laughs> yeah i yeah I've, I've i've been a part of 190 this is the 199th episode um but as I say every time, it's it's not what it is without everybody. Uh, and that's our listeners. And, and we'll get into this stuff um, next week. But yeah, I mean, just and, and we don't really I don't really ever do this. But to give people a peek by, behind the curtain, like we're by no means some huge podcast or, or whatever. You know, we're, when you talk about the big boys in this and we're talking about hundreds of thousands of downloads, we're talking about millions for like the top tiers of part of my takes and the Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, like those guys do crazy. But hey, like we're 200, almost 200 episodes in. We have 15,000 downloads. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy, man. But, you know, over the course, I mean, 15,000 is a kind of staggering number to think that that many people or that many times that people have actually, you know, taken time out of their day to listen to this, um, this mm-hmm. silly little podcast. So um, we appreciate all of you guys. We love all you guys. It's it's really, really fun. And um and football's right around the corner. Uh, Scotty, you missed last week. I did my annual preseason rant um, about how oh. I know. I know you were going to be bummed. But with the return of preseason, I had to do it just a little bit. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, look, preseason's dumb. It doesn't matter. We all know this. But if a player that you're really excited about looks great, then you're allowed to get excited about it because that's what hey, preseason man. is for. It's I'll all. Tell you. But just remember, just I don't want to set people up to be disappointed. That's no, it's all. fine. It's fine. You know? I just I, I I downloaded a subscription for NFL Plus because I couldn't get the Niners game on my TV the other day, so I got the NFL Plus, uh, so I could watch the Niners, and I'm glad I did because uh, a guy we'll talk about later on in the episode, uh, a certain quarterback who was drafted number three overall by the 49ers looked very very good. Well, he also he also looked really really bad on one play. But uh, and he was playing the defensive threes for for Denver. So I understand your point. Yeah, no, no, it's eight. If you're if you want to get excited about it, get excited about it. Right. Because that's what being a fan's all about. It's about being irrational. It's about being, you know, just excitable. Like that's just what it is. It's all sports. We do this because we love it. But just maybe in the back of your mind, if you're the kind of person who doesn't want to get like heartbroken, you know, uh, you know, just keep that in the back of your head. It's it's a hard it's 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 the preseason. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but we are now two weeks in from the preseason. We'll have week three uh, teams. It's also spread out now too. It was always kind of spread out, but now it feels like it feels like it's a Tuesday, and you'll be like, "Yep, there's games tonight." And you're like, "I don't know what, but I don't even know what I'm watching." You know, um, the practices and stuff. You've seen them going on all around the NFL. Teams are getting ready, and we are getting so close. So close, uh, I believe. What are we? So we got uh, trying to do some quick math. 18 days, I believe. 30 days in August, right? Not 31. So I believe we have 18 days until 31. There are 31. I was 31. Damn it. Use the knuckles, I, Jeff. The <laughs> knuckles. What's the knuckles? Uh, you get, uh, J- January, February, March, April, May, June. J- all the ones with spaces don't have. No wait, shit. Fucking uh, wait, are you days. serious? That's a thing. What? What? Yeah, January, the, February, uh, March, April, May, June, July. Then you start on the knuckle August. So July oh, and August both August. have September, September, October, November. November. Wow. Dude, this That's is something new. What? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> That's What? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> You never learned that? <laughs> no, everyone always said that stupid phrase that I never could remember. And I was oh, just like, I don't 30 days, half September, April, June, and November. Yeah, yeah. That's the, I fucking hate that one. Um, you know what, but this is shout so out simple. Quick? Yeah, shout out to this and shout out to Roy G. Biff. That, that thing's been around. Oh, before. yeah, man. PEMDAS. Yeah, PEMDAS yeah, is a good one. Love a good um, acronym. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that just blew my mind. And it's so great that it's a visual thing on a podcast because I'm sure, that, yeah, I'm sure people have really. That's why really I described the spaces. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that is that is something. Uh, looks like Vito, Vito had to step away for a work call, which is fine. He'll come back when we uh, when we get there. All right. Well, now that we took a little um, little detour down, uh, knowing the days of the month. Yeah, 19 days. We got 19 days. A little under three weeks until football will be back. And uh, I'm chomping at the bits. I know you guys are as well. Uh, and this will be our last preview for the NFL. I think we're going to do something a little different for the 200th episode coming up later this week. Uh, we, I do know, look, week zero, we get football back this week. We do have week zero this week. Uh, Navy, Notre Dame, uh, we have on Saturday. What Are there any other good week zero games? I feel like I haven't heard a ton. I don't think of that there's any that uh, I can think of off the top of my head. That's no. the one that I've circled just because, you know. 
Yeah, and I'll be. I'm going to be up at the Jersey Shore this weekend, so I. It's gonna. I'm gonna put football on in the background at some point just to have it on in the house, even if it's like UAB and Toledo. Like I don't care. Like I just need. I want football on, on that meaningful football that matters about something. <laughs> okay, dude. I what I would give to watch match in football. Uh, and and again, this weekend I think we're gonna be able to get it. So uh, week zero is coming up. We still owe you guys the rest of the college football previews. We still have to hit the SEC. We still have to hit the Big Ten. Uh, so we will do those next week before the official start of college football. Uh, and well, the un- well, I guess what is the unofficial start? Week zero is the unofficial. So week one is the official start, September I guess. September 2nd. Yeah, I guess. This so is for Labor Day. Yeah, Labor Day weekend. Uh, and, and, and that's a great weekend, too, because you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday college football. It's four days straight of college football, and I'm I'm very very excited to dive into that. So plenty of stuff to get excited about. Um, but today we are tackling the AFC and the NFC East, which of course means that we are talking about both Vito's Denver Broncos and your San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and we're going to start with the AFC and the AFC West. And when you talk about the AFC West. As I tried to tell you guys last year, and you so uh, brilliantly ignored me, there's one team that matters. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. It's Andy Reid. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Travis Kelsey. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's tough when you've had a team that's gone to four straight AFC championship. Is it five, four or five straight? I think it was five. Think five. five straight, yeah, because yeah. they because they lost to the Pats, Tom Brady's last year in New England. Um, so when you talk about Kansas City, we're talking about a team that's gone to five consecutive AFC Championship games, three out of the last five Super Bowls, and has won two of them. There's, You know they're going to be good, right? At this point in time, we all know mm-hmm. this team's going to be really, really good. But the question that I've been <clears throat> trying to ask, particularly as a fan of the team that lost to this team in the Super Bowl, is mm-hmm. how do you stop them? What does the picture look like where Kansas City's not just going to roll through and beat everybody because, and I don't want to say it because everyone's going to want to jump to the, oh, you're comparing Tom Brady type. I'm not doing that. I'm saying Kansas City is starting to remind us, and I think deservedly so, of that early 2000s Pats teams that went from 2000 to basically like 2010, where every single year in that stretch, you're like, who is beating New England and how? what, what world are they not the team that's going to win? Because they feel like such a massive entity. And outside of Cincinnati, there's not a team on planet Earth that can slow down this offense. So what is the path? What is the storybook that this team doesn't find their way back into the Super Bowl in 2023? I think it's it's twofold for me. One, I think the division's better um, top to bottom than it was uh, last year. Uh, two, I think the conference is even better than it was last year. Um, so I think the road is tougher, but obviously with the target on the back, um, I think it takes a major injury or or something that like uh, one of the things we talked about last year was, uh, well, without Tyreek Hill, where's the chemistry uh, on the offense? And they found it. Um, I think the, the, the one big thing that kept that intact too uh, was that they had the second best um, – arguably the best offensive line in the league. Uh, and, and that's broken down a little bit uh, in this offseason. Uh, they did sign Donovan yeah. Smith, uh, Penn Stater, uh, who's not looked great on the left side over the last yeah. two years. Um, but, but uh, you know, put it, yeah. 
put him in that system and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe he looks good. The other big loss on offense and they still have Andy Reed, but the other big loss on offense is Eric Bienem, who was the the mastermind behind all well, of those. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not sure if he was the mastermind. Uh, he was integral himself, but, in the whole process, but he was a big sure. part of it. Yeah. So um, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot that we learned, especially if you watch quarter, the quarterback series uh, about how Andy Reed lets Mahomes and the offense do their thing um, and get creative and be, be a part of it, not just, uh, you know, be a, a face of it. Um on the field. So we'll see. I, I think barring a, barring a tough injury though, or, uh, or some lackluster offensive line play, um, there's, there's not a whole lot stopping them. I agree. I mean, it comes down to their, their four players, their four best players are obviously Mahomes, Kelsey Jones on the defense line. And actually Humphrey is also an elite offensive lineman. He just yes. finished up his first, yep. he, he was first, all four of those guys I just named were number one in their positions at, on PFF. So you're talking about just which is bullshit be because we all know that Jason Kelsey is better than Creed Humphrey. But sorry, continue. Good. So uh, the point is, is that he's obviously in that top tier, right? Yes. So no, he's, he's stud. And so all of these guys, and I don't think you can put anyone on Mahomes' tier. He's by himself. Kelsey is in the same realm. Um, they they just have some absolute stars. So to me, the only thing that happens, and God forbid, I, I, no one wants this to happen, is injuries. Like that's the only thing stopping this team. I think if you're talking about on the field. It's it's Mahomes getting pressure and all that stuff, but this team, like, not only do I think, you know, obviously everyone knows they can go far. They just won the Super Bowl, but you're always worried about Super Bowl hangovers. And to your point, they've gone to the AFC Championship five straight years. They're just used to this. They play in as many games or plus one. Like, did they make the Super Bowl or not? They've yeah. played in so many games in the last few years. Luckily, it's a younger team, so I don't think it's as like important. But at some point, that's got to wear them down. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, though. So. Um, you know, when I'm looking at them in their schedule too, I think they're going to have a, unfortunately another great, great year. Yeah. I mean, they, they just are like, again, at this point, this is the expectation. It's, it's not like perception reality. Like there's a, there are people out there who try to make that argument about the Eagles from last year, which is like, well, they play this easy schedule and then Brock Hurdy gets hurt in the NFC championship game. And it's a cakewalk in the Super Bowl. We obviously saw with how the Eagles played in the Super Bowl that like, yeah, they were they good enough to be there. Like they belonged on that kind of a stage. But if you're talking about, can you replicate success, right? Like it's one thing to have a really, really good year, but can you duplicate it? Can it become the standard? And with Kansas city, what they've done for the last five years has been nothing but prove to the world that no matter what this team is going to be, like they've been the best team in the NFL over the last five years. You could probably make an argument that been the best team in team sports, over the last five years, like they five consecutive AFC championships is so hard to do in the NFL. Like the Patriots never even did that. Like that says a lot about how dynamic this team has been, particularly with Patrick Mahomes. My take on that question is like, there's really only a couple things. Injury obviously is always baked in, right? Mahomes tears an ACL. There's an obvious answer. Travis Kelsey goes down. That's going to hurt significantly. Um, Chris Jones, that's going to hurt their defense. Actually, Sneaky loved their defense. And after how well they played with rookies last year, I really only expect that defense to get better, which is yeah. terrible, which is terrifying in and of itself. Um, like I love George Karloftis and he was really impactful as a rookie. I think he's going to be really good in year number two. McDuffie is another one who I Trent, love. Trent McDuffie. Him. Yep. Um, their wide receiver room, I think is better this year. Getting a full year with Kadarius Tony. 
um, which was, again, like a third-round pick that they traded midseason for a disgruntled wide receiver. He really didn't start to get integrated into the offense until like later in the season. Now he's got a full rep. Um, and they actually, they're kind of sneaky deep there, too. Like Sky Moore was a rookie last year. Uh, Richie James was a really serviceable extra guy that mm-hmm. you saw kind of rotate in when he was in um, uh, uh, New York last season. The offensive line, I think, is like the big glaring weakness. Orlando Brown Jr. was a really, yeah. really solid player. Donovan Smith, we've seen be good in the NFL. It's been a, it's been a few years. Um, Joe Tooney, the interior part of that offensive line, I'm not worried about. Like guard center guard combo is on par with like the Eagles' offensive line. Yeah. Um, the big difference is they don't have the two guys on the outside. Jawan Taylor struggled last year when he was in Jacksonville. Donovan Smith. We've seen the up and down venture that he's been on. But Mahomes is kind of the one guy that I wonder, like, does it even matter? Right. Like if you have just middle of the road, 15th ranked offensive line or 16th ranked offensive line in the NFL, I still think Mahomes is good enough that it doesn't really matter. And I think this offensive line can do it. So the answer is every single defensive coordinator in the NFL who's coaching for a team that has a chance to or that's going to play or has a chance to play, you know, Kansas City in the postseason needs to watch what Lou Amarono does with Cincinnati every time they play. Because there's a level of physicality that his teams have brought to games against Kansas City. We ultimately saw that unfold in the AFC Championship game when uh, the kid from uh, uh, Texas who was the rookie last year had the late hit on Mahomes out of bounds that essentially oh, lost yeah. them the game. Right. Um, is it a side? What was his name? A side Joseph Osai. I think his name was, um, but he was a linebacker played, played at Texas <clears throat> and like, but that level of physicality, you need to keep your defense in games against Kansas city. It may also also result in an accidental late hit out of bounds. that kind of ends up fucking over the whole game. But you need to play with that level of physicality, and you can't be afraid of Patrick Mahomes when you go up against him. The other option, which we saw Philly almost do, and we've seen Buffalo almost do, is you basically have to play a perfect offensive game. Right? Like, if you're going to beat them, which means you can't have the dropped snap fumble return for a touchdown and open that door just a little bit, right? Because – who knows what would have happened if Jalen Hurts doesn't do that in the Super Bowl? But there's a good chance, not that I'm still thinking about it, but there's a good chance that the Eagles end up going into halftime with more than a 14-point lead or 10-point lead, whatever it was, right? Like oh, there's yeah. a chance where that that gap is just wide enough that they can't fully catch back, especially with how good that offensive unit has been for Philly during that game. There's only a handful of teams that can do that. Cincinnati has the horsepower. Buffalo has the horsepower, Miami, Philly, and maybe Dallas if you get a really, really good DAC performance. I mean, San Francisco, depending on what version of Brock Purdy we have, yeah. But other than that, I just feel like it's 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 going to be really hard for any team to knock off Kansas City. And you're right, like last year, the expectations for this division were really high. And I told you guys, like, Vito, I think you even had Kansas City finishing third or fourth in the division last year. I'm third. It was a good take. Um, Yeah, it was a great, (laughs) great, great take. About as Um, good as Russell Wilson being the MVP, said me. Oh, (laughs) shit. Yeah, we we had a rough one. Okay. Okay, but that being said, the rest of the division now I think is slightly underrated after the Chargers had their collapse in the playoffs. 
after yeah. uh, De- Denver had their horrible situation. Now they bring in Sean Payton. They should be better. And the fit with Derek Carr and, and Josh McDaniels was never great. I still don't think they're going to be awesome even with Jimmy G. But you would expect that as a whole, that that whole group will be better than they were last year, which I, I do think will make it somewhat harder. But I just don't see too many weaknesses on this team, man. Like unless Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor are really, really, really bad. I mean, they're over when their win total over under is 11 and a half. And I mean, that just seems so low for a Patrick Mahomes and Andy Red led team. Andy Reid led team. Are you, I got a stat for you. You ready for this? Yeah. Schedule stat. The Kansas City Chiefs only have three one o'clock games and they have six 8 p.m. games this year. Oh, my God. They have so many four and eight o'clock. It's ridiculous. The only one outside that they have a nine thirty uh, overseas game. Oh, the neutral but, in Frankfurt. Yeah, yeah. So, so outside of that, how crazy is that? And two of the last one p.m. Two of the one p.m. games of the three are in the last three weeks. Where they we know they'll have the division locked up, and they're playing the Raiders at one, and then they have Bengals, which will be a great game, and then Chargers at one, and like. It's going to be a wild thing. So the entire year, they're at four or eight o'clock. A lot of primetime games to start and throughout the whole season. So like the NFL is also just, they know, everyone knows this is the team we're pumping up. This is the team to put on primetime. This is the one that everyone wants to see. Jim Nance and Tony Romo are de facto Kansas City Chiefs because they'll be (laughs) traveling with them the whole season. (laughs) Well, and the game against the Chargers in week 18 is TBD. So if that game means something, because it could the be the Char- division, yeah. I was gonna say if the Chargers end up having a really, really good year, which we'll talk about them in a little bit, like that's in play. Um, not likely, but it is in play. And the Chargers also like if that if that game matters for seeding in the postseason, throw a wild card game. Knowing Andy, he's not going to play starters if the division's locked up, especially if the one seed is locked up. He's not. But if Cincinnati has a really, really good year, or or Buffalo does, and somehow Kansas City's the two seed, like. That game could end up mattering. Like, imagine if you had a game where it's like Chargers, Chiefs, winner gets the one seed, and the you know, and the loser gets the five seed in the first wild card spot. Like, that could be a huge game. That would also definitely be prime time. And the I, fact that I, they play in in Central Standard Time or whatever, like that does matter a little bit in terms of like how the scheduling goes. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's wow. it's impactful because of the back half of the season after they go out on that bye week. Um, against Miami in that game in Frankfurt. They go primetime on Monday night in Philly. Um, they have Buffalo. They have at New England, which I think will be a meaningful game. Um, and and then they have Cincinnati and uh, and at the Chargers in the last two weeks of the year. That's not, that a, was, that's not an easy road. No. Whole, the whole schedule is not easy. Like, the, there's – I mean, you get Detroit, Jacksonville – Chicago, which again, who knows what that's going to be? I think that's the easiest game on their whole schedule. They play the Jets, Minnesota. I mean, the Denver games, the Raider games, like those will be, you would think will be a little bit easier, but we also don't know what to expect out of those teams in, in 2023. Yeah. We have them twice. It's not in two weeks, schedule. The Broncos. No. And then oh. the Eagles game, it's actually in Kansas City. I might, I'm actually eyeing up to see if I'm going to go, go check that out with one of our avid listeners, JT. So we'll see. But, uh, Dude, this schedule. Oh, I'm to sorry. Point, I misspoke. Like, there, there are there are a couple uh, there are a couple different games here that I think that like we'll have some fun with. But to your point, like, is this going to be the the year where maybe 
the target's been on their back for years. Do you think they're going to slow down? Like, like you said, the over under is at 11 and a half. Do you think they're going to get 13 wins or not? That's my question to you guys. Cause I think, yeah. I see, I think this could be the year they end up with 12, but I, I would still bet yes on 13. Like this is the team you bet on until they prove you otherwise at this point. I, I just like eat. Cause yes, they're playing. Like I'm, I'm looking at def Like again, if we're using that formula, can you outscore and play a potential perfect offensive game and or, slash, and, and look, Jacksonville or uh, Jacksonville, Kansas City has had a letdown game every single year, right? There's always been one weird game that they lose kind of inexplicably. Like they lost to the, oh, was it the Titans last year, maybe? Like they had, or maybe that was two years ago. But Colts or something. Yeah. yeah, the Colts. Like there's always like one game you're like, what the hell? Like how did, because that's just how football works. So you, you factor that in as one loss right off the bat. But then it's like, how many of these teams do you think can actually put together either a perfect offensive game? which is really, really hard to do and has to kind of line up perfectly or has a good enough defense to be physical enough to really get after Mahomes. Detroit, I think they have the capability of having one of those offensive games, but week one, the opener, that's that's a tough one to really think that they're going to be able to do. Jacksonville, they played them really well in the first half in that game of the postseason. Week two, again, is early on. The Jets, I actually think defensively, could be one of those teams that can punch them in the mouth, but offensively, I don't think we'll be able to hang. Minnesota, no. Denver, no. The Chargers, because it's divisional, you never know. They have to play Miami, which, again, offensively could be a really, really big deal. Philly could potentially do it. There's not a whole lot of teams here that I think can actually hang or beat Kansas City in either one of those ways. I feel like 13 wins is kind of a lock for them, especially in the 17-game schedule right now. Um, and I'm just not betting. I said this to you guys last year. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. If I'm wrong because I think that they could win 13 games, then I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it might be That's... the outlier when it's all said and done. Yeah. <laughs> like the extreme outlier. And in fact, I'll, I'll put them at 13 and four because I, I, I will say this is a hard schedule. So it is likely that they'll drop one to Buffalo, Philly, Cincy, uh, Miami, the Jets. Uh, but other than that, I have a hard time buying in that any of these, you know, are going to be like, like like any of this is too much for them to be able to win. Also 78 bucks to go see them in Jacksonville. That'd be a fun game to go and see. I'd go there. Yeah. Week, week two, September 17th in Jacksonville. That sounds like a nice little, that sounds like a nice little trip. Sounds like a nice little trip. What do you say? A little option on the road? Road option? The road option. Uh, I love that actually. That's great. Uh, I have them going 13 and four and they're going to win the division once again. Yeah, I think they win the division too, but I'm with you Vito. I have them at 12 and five. I just think there's one of these games early on where the offensive line sort of stumbles a little bit, doesn't have their chemistry, right. And, and they, they get tripped up against Detroit or Jacksonville or, uh, or the jets or Minnesota too. Um, either one of those games I think is, uh, is losable for lack of a better term. If the, uh, if the offensive line isn't, uh, up to code. Uh, and so, yeah, 12 and 12 and five is where I have them. I do too. And here's how I got there. Um, I have them losing uh, two divisional games, which is a lot, but they'll still win the division. Um, I have them losing the Eagles. I think that's just a, re- a game that the Eagles are going to, it's going to be a big game for both of them, but I think the Eagles are going to get the best of them there. Um, I think the bills get the best of them. I think the Bengals get the best of them. I think people talk about, you know, um, maybe they wouldn't want more of those and they get to that 13 and four to your point. But if you just go by, Hey, if what's a comfortable win total 
12 is what I'm going with. And I think this year after winning a Super Bowl, it's really hard to to get back a second time, but in the regular season too, it's just, it's a grueling thing. And they've, they've been playing, like I said, for five years in a row now, uh, really late in the year. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say 12, 12 wins. But if I was to place a bet, I would go over to 13. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, but that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm settling. Yeah. I mean, I, it's a tough schedule, but again, Mahomes is so much. And it's annoying because like Nick Wright has become such a, so obnoxious about the Mahomes thing. Cause he's a Kansas city guy, but he, he, I heard him make a point recently and I kind of had to sit there and be like, you know what? He's right. Like Mahomes is exponentially better than the next best quarterback. And that's like nothing against how good Josh Allen or Justin Herbert or, you know, Jalen or whatever, whatever quarterback you want to throw in that mix. It's nothing against them. It's just Mahomes is that good. He really, really is. Um, and I just, at this point, man, I, I just I, I'm so terrified to bet against that dude. Um, and maybe I'm just still scarred from the Super Bowl. Who knows? But I mean, I'm he's also, just. I'm, yeah, no, I agree. I'm shocked the line is that low. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I feel like if that line was 12 and a half, that's like where we kind of put it. Right. Or maybe that's, 13. I would have had that line at 12 and a half or maybe yeah. even like 12 even. Um, I think 11 and a half. I mean, it's a tough schedule, right? So Vegas is making the bet that they're going to drop a couple of those games. But, like, imagine taking the under on that and thinking that Kansas City is going to go 11-6. and six. <laughs> Like, in what world is Kansas City losing six regular season games? There's uh, just no not. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the, these teams <laughs> are so this. much better than the – Yeah, these, these teams are so much better than the uh, – like, the Eagles team, like the Andy Reid Eagles team with McNabb and everything. And they consistently won 12 games every year in a 16-game uh, schedule. We're getting a 17-game schedule in a division that, like, you know, I think the bottom half isn't that great, but, you know, who knows? It, c- it could be better this year. I-, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Uh, all right, let's talk about some of the rest of the teams in this division, including, first up, the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, this is a big year. It's a big year because universally – I think anyone who follows the game closely knows how good Justin Herbert is. And like the fact that we haven't gotten a chance to really see him be unlocked has been one of the biggest football crimes of the last couple of years. Um, He's a franchise quarterback. They know it. And the addition of Kellen Moore is really, really big for this team. Um, Kellen Moore was again, getting head coaching interviews and completely transformed that Dallas Cowboys offense and Dak Prescott and turned it from a running based offense and the play action when Dak was young to now they're up tempo spreading the ball that year that, you know, Dallas won 13 games. I think it was, they went 13 and three. Uh, and then with McCarthy, it just never really gelled with Kellen Moore. And now he's got a new slate with a quarterback that I think pretty much every play caller in the NFL would love a chance to work with. They have a really, really good skill position group right now. Obviously, Austin Eckler, as long as he's healthy, is a really, really dangerous player to have. Uh, Keenan Allen, the model of consistency in the NFL. Mike Williams, when he's healthy, is really, really good. Uh, I didn't love what they did in the draft. 
Um, first round pick on Quentin John- Johnston. Not that again, Quentin Johnston, I think is actually going to play really, really well. Like I, I like him. He's explosive, big body kind of wide receiver. I think he's going to pair well, especially knowing when the Mike Williams ankle injury comes up in week three that like, all right, well, Hey, this is why we have Quentin Johnston. So it's not just Keenan yeah. Allen and a bunch of guys. We've seen Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton have really, really good runs uh, in, in the NFL as well. So they're like five deep with quality starters with a, a top end at wide receiver that I really like. The question for them is going to be, can the offensive line stay healthy? Rashawn Slater, his rookie year was like one of the best left tackles in football. And that is really hard to do as a rookie at left tackle. Um, Zion Johnson, who was their first round draft pick from last year uh, out of Boston College, was a really, really solid signing. Uh, Corey Lindsley really, again, center is such a weird position because there's like five or six guys who are really, really good. And then everyone else is kind of in this middle category. He's definitely one of the better centers in football. Jamari, uh, a sailor who, uh, I believe second year player, another high draft pick. Um, this offensive line should be good as long as they stay healthy. They have no depth on the offensive line, uh, which will be a problem, but if they're able to stay healthy, I think this offense is going to continue to be really good. And I think it's more likely than not than we see a Kellen Moore offense that resembles the 13 and three Cowboys from a few years ago than, you know, the version of the Chargers that we've seen over the last couple of years. I unfortunately agree. I think this offense is going to take another step forward. I, I really like the Quentin Johnson pick because of the Williams injury history, like you were talking about. And like looking at this team, on the line, they've really invested in high draft picks in the last four or five years there, um, really last three for sure. And uh, I love going on, like, again, with a, someone to help Herbert. This is the opposite of what everyone was complaining about the Packers doing with Rodgers, right? Like, they're giving him everything he needs and loading him up. Then they'll worry about the defense. But on the defensive side, they get Bosa back. Mac is there. Like, they, they Mac had a great year last year. Khalil Mac is – every year he gets moved, he blows up. He just needs to be like, do sign one year contracts with everybody. But Khalil Mack, uh, Bosa, they're going to get after your quarterback. They have Samuel Jr., James Jr. in the back, in the like, secondary. They're, they have enough to be a mediocre defense, which is all they're looking to have, it seems like. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. going to keep them in games, and Herbert's got to win them. But like, they have enough to get, especially if they're up, to get the pass rush on in the secondary. So, um, We'll see how this goes. They're going to be a high-flying offense for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, I I get all of that with Kellen Moore, but it wasn't super explosive uh, when we saw it in in Dallas. And it's a guy who everybody said Dak Prescott is going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league in four years' time. You watch, and he's been mediocre to average. Uh, Will that change with Kellen Moore uh, in an offense where he has a better quarterback, where he can kind of uh, unhinge the – the, uh, the joints uh, for, for Justin Herbert because he, for his whole career with Joe Lombardi, he's been a robot. Just a yes, sir, I'll do whatever your offense asks for. Um, so Kellen Moore needs to – if Justin Herbert is still that robot of a player, uh, Kellen Moore needs to unlock it uh, with his offense, and I don't, I don't know that there's enough there. What they did in the offseason was atrocious, but they couldn't do much with the contract looming uh, for, uh, for uh, Justin Herbert. So – uh, the idea that they got markedly better, I think, is I would pump the brakes on, uh, because again, it, it what we're what we're seeing is apart from what you guys are all hinging it on with Kellen Moore's offense, that defense is is good. Sure, didn't stay healthy last year, 
That offense is good. That offensive line is great. Didn't stay healthy last year. Um, so health is the issue. And and on top of that, this year, because they didn't do anything or much in the offseason because they couldn't, you're basically looking at the same team uh, as last year with a new offensive coordinator, in my eyes. I think offensively, yes. And I, what I would push back against is, look, like the version of Dak pre-Kellen Moore versus the version of Dak post-Kellen Moore was a significant jump. Like Kellen Moore got Dak to a level that he legitimately became like a top 10 quarterback, which I still argue to this day. Like I do think Dak is a top 10 quarterback. That doesn't mean he shows up and plays really well in big games because he frankly hasn't. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have really downsides. I think the drop off with Kellen Moore came when they hired Mike McCarthy. And I think the Mike McCarthy said, like Jason Garrett was not calling plays. Jason Garrett was hands off and let Kellen Moore run the total control of that offense. And I think there was, based off of all the reporting and everything about it, there was never a good relationship between Mike McCarthy and uh, Kellen Moore. So the question is, were those two years there where Kellen Moore and that Cowboys offense was really, really cooking? Like, were those two years an anomaly? Or was it more of like a bad coaching situation between Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore and it wasn't really quite working out personally off the football field? Because if that was what it was, if it was the power struggle between McCarthy and Kellen Moore, then getting someone like Kellen Moore in here to help at least change up, anything's better than Lombardi, all right? Anything, <laughs> anyone who is creative is better than than Joe Lombardi in this offense, right? And that's what they at least have right now with with, with Kellen Moore, someone who's going to be creative, who's hopefully going to let Justin Herbert really, you know, be a little bit more creative because he has so much freaking talent. But I'm really curious to see, like, is he always going to be the yes, sir, no, sir, robot? I'm going to go through my reads and make the correct decision. And is he ever going to be able to have the creativity levels that you see guys like Burrow and guys like, you know, Patrick Mahomes were like, hey, Josh I'm not Allen. supposed. Yeah, Josh Allen. I'm not supposed to make this throw, but I have the arm talent and fuck you. I'm fitting this ball through that hole and it's going to go for a big play. Right. That's the difference from like really, really solid methodical quarterbacks to the ones who are like elite, who know their progressions, know where they're supposed to go with the ball, but then also have this extra gear that they're like, hey, I have the arm talent, I can do this. And that's a mentality thing. And that's the one thing that we haven't seen out of Herbert. And I don't know how much of that was coaching or how much of that is Justin Herbert, the kid, who is really, really brilliant. He was literally won the award when he was in college for like the best student athlete in college in, in college sports. He had the highest GPA of any student athlete. Oh, and was also a Heisman candidate, like, which is insane. So like how much of his brain is just so methodical that it's like one, two, three ball out, boom. And how much creativity and fuck you do we see with, with Justin Herbert? Because I think right now we don't know, you know, and everyone wants to blame Joe Lombardi. Understandably that offense was very boring and very simple and now we're going to get a chance to see it. We're going to get the chance to put the ball in his hands, let him do a little bit more. Defensively, I actually think is the bigger question here because I think when you have the pieces they have offensively, it's going to be a good team no matter what. Brandon Staley like made his name on the defensive side of the ball. you know. And, and I think what we're coming to now is he had his one year as defensive coordinator with the Rams, and that defense was incredible, but it was also like, peak Aaron Donald. So like, yeah, was that defense good because you had peak Jalen Ramsey and peak Aaron Donald, or is that defense really, really good because of Brandon Staley so far, we haven't seen the defense be particularly good. I know Joey Bosa has been in and out of the lineup. I know Khalil Mack's not prime Khalil Mack anymore, but he was really good for them last year. They lost JC Jackson, who was a huge free agent signing for them last year. 
they have a lot of pieces on this defense. The defensive line's a little iffy outside of Bosa and uh, Khalil Mack, but I love Kenneth Murray. This, this is going to be his second year out of Oklahoma. I love Eric Kendricks. They're really good in the linebacking room. And that DB room should be really good. If J.C. Jackson jumps back to the player he was when he was in New England, Asante Samuel Jr., I loved coming out of Florida State. He's really good. And Derwin James, like, if you could – if every team could have a Derwin James, like, that dude is so special in what he can do. And he really hasn't had an opportunity to let it shine yet. If they can stay healthy defensively – and allow, you know, give Brandon Staley at least the chance to show some of the stuff that he was praised for for doing in L.A., I think this defense could be really, really good. And I would honestly, I would kind of expect them to be really good because this is a, a coach who's like a defensive guy. And so far, everything's been a little underwhelming, even though we all can see the talent that's like all throughout this roster. Yeah, I also think like, and to your point, Scotty, like this team is a lot of the same. And they, they were 10 and seven last year. And I think they're going to get a little bit better. And I think like, that's, that's a good record for them in this division. Like, I think <clears throat> what's their over under at Jeff. Their over under is at nine and a half. Yeah. I would actually put them, I'm hitting over and I'm going to put them at 11 wins. And I think it's because they've gotten a little bit better and they're mostly the same, but I, I don't think they're going to, they can't have like as bad of injury problems this year as they did last year. Right. Like I don't, that's just like luck wise can't happen again. Hopefully for these guys, it doesn't. And I have them at 11, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I have a lot of questions. Uh, and part of it, too, is because I was so high on them last year and they came out and <laughs> looked flat and then Justin Herbert got injured and was not the same quarterback all year. Uh, that happened early in the season. I think it was like week five or something against Kansas City um, and uh, – Really hurt my fantasy team a little bit, but uh, that's neither here nor there. I think uh, I think you're right, though. Uh, to me, it's the same, more of the same, um, maybe slightly better. I have them at the same record they had last year at ten and seven. I will take the over on the on the win total. All right. Uh, so I ex- like I said, I expect this team to be good because of what they have. I don't think, despite his one season coaching at James Madison University. I, I don't think Brandon Staley is the guy here. I think he got thrown into a situation that was way over his head. I think the Chargers are cursed with perpetual, like, nine to 11 win seasons. And I am skeptical. I think the offense will look better, but Keenan Allen is is getting up there, 32 years old. I mean, you have Mike Williams who can't stay healthy and then relying on a rookie on paper, that wide receiver room should be a lot better, right? Even just adding in a new rookie, I don't know if they're going to be able to stay on the field. Keenan Allen's guaranteed to have a hamstring pull by week six. I, I, it's going to happen. He's going to miss a few weeks because of it. Their schedule is hard. Their schedule is really freaking hard. I was just looking. I was actually, can you put me back at 10 wins? Jesus. this They have, they have in week 16 the Bills, then at the Broncos, then home against the Chiefs to finish out their season. Um, oh, they also have cakewalk. like – They'll, yeah, right. Also like they, open they with straight, Miami. The yeah. first five games, it's Miami, Tennessee, Minnesota, Vegas, and Dallas. None of those are super easy. And their first four weeks are, are you know, that yeah. minus Dallas. And then they have a bye. And then it's Dallas, Kansas City. They have to play the Jets. They get Detroit. They play Baltimore, New yeah. England. Um, and then, yeah, that closing stretch is tough. I have the under here. I think they go nine and eight. 
and I think Brandon Staley gets fired. I think they miss the postseason. <sighs> oh, I hope so. Um, Sorry, Chargers. <laughs> I, again, like I, I like Justin Herbert a lot. I do. I see the talent that everyone else sees. I know people in in the nerd world and football drool over him. You know, like in an obscene amount, like people did to Pamela Anderson in the '90s. Like I get it. Like they, it's just. I don't know, man. I don't see it. I don't see it with Brandon Staley. The defense, Joey Bosa gets hurt every year. Khalil Max on his last legs, not last legs, but is on the downslope of his career. They don't have a lot of depth or talent on the interior defensive line. I have a hard time seeing it get any better based off of the track record we've seen so far. Nine and eight, you're over 500, but with a roster like this, you should be a lot better. Uh, I think they go nine and eight, so I'm taking the under at nine and eight uh, and I have them missing the playoffs. I think they're on the outside looking in um, for one of those wild card spots. All right, Vito. It's time to talk about the Broncos. Let's do it. I honestly, so like I'll say this, I don't even want to lead in with anything. I just want to give you the floor. Like give us, you're the Broncos fan here. Paint the picture. How are you feeling? How, what 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 weird blog have you been reading to get your updates for for fan uh, for uh, training camp? Let us in, man. How how we how are we feeling? Oh man, I'm checking everything right now. The Broncos website's great. 24 seven sports Reddit. I'm on everything, and let me tell you what, Jeff. This line is going to be so much better than they were last year. They're already seeing a lot of improvement. Now, the one thing is that to even back up further, that like this whole team has changed. The last time you saw them to where they are now because of adding Sean Payton is a much different organizational team. The feel of this is different. We've all been at places where you're like, I don't care if it's work or something, whatever, where it's very professional. And it's like, Hey, we're here and we're all committed because we all want this to be great. And like, that is different than uh, like a team that just wasn't unified last year. I don't know what else to say it. No matter who you blame, you cannot say that the Broncos team is unified last year and this year you have one guy calling the shots old school. He got, I mean, the reports were that like we had people from like operations going and eating lunch in the cafeteria. So guys couldn't be like themselves at lunch and stuff. And they would like walk down. Don't like donors. Champagne's and none of that. Like football is football. You guys stay in that building. This is our space. Let us be ourselves and have a regular, you know what I mean? Our environment. And they said it's brought the team a lot closer already. So just like the way in which they're operating, I, like is already improved. Then you look at the roster. Like I said, the line's going to be better. I think Russell Wilson, in a structure that Sean Payton will bring, and Sean Payton talked about how he's going to use them. He's like, listen, I'm going to look at the best things he did in Seattle, handpick those. I'm going to show him what I like to do and think like, hey, these with your skills might work out in this offense, right? We got to round out the whole offense. And um, then he's like, and we're going to work on that. And, and that's like how we're going to figure out what to run here. And just that approach, like that's that's exactly what Denver said when we got Peyton Manning and we won a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? That's that's exactly what happened with uh, Tom Brady. This is what should have happened last year, and I think they try to do it. But again, I don't even know who to blame last year. I just don't even want to think about it. I have totally blocked out last year. So 2022 Broncos just didn't exist for me. Okay, this is the first year with Russell Wilson in my mind. And good mentality. Yeah, it has to be right. Like just for sanity's sake, and so. I think this offense is going to be much, much better. And the defense was already great. I mean, Pat Sertan is one of the best players in football in the secondary. Like he has become a stud. And, uh, you know, I, I really like Gregory. Like we have some good guys in the linebacker room. 
And Simmons is still one of the best safeties. Justin Simmons is amazing. So like we, we have guys at every level um, defensively, like we got to be able to stop the run a little better than we did last year. Um, and offensively, like we have to establish the run one, like if we have it, like once Williams went down, we, we were screwed. We really were the offense changed and we need consistency out of the running back room, uh, which I think we'll, we'll have a little bit better this year. Um, like P Ryan and stuff like we, we've added some pieces there. So this is going to be Ryan a much, good too. yeah. Yeah. So this is a much deeper uh, running back room, which you just need at this point in the NFL. So what's our sure. over under? Cause I just want to, I just want to know. I just want to know <laughs> in my mind, it's high. So I'm sure it's a lot lower than what I'm expecting. It's 13. Uh, it's, it's eight and a half. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say like, I, I have them at 10 wins, but like, I don't know. You guys, you guys talk to me. I obviously have them at 10 wins. I obviously, I mean, they're, they're getting double yeah. digit wins. I can't not bet my team to have double digit wins. I, I love what they did on, on depth and I watched the granted it was a week two preseason game, but, but it, look, it, they, they added a ton of depth, What they did in the off season, not only to, to get the big, big coup with, with Sean Payton, which is an offensive minded Super Bowl winning head coach. Uh, who's, who's clearly whipped that, that, team in that organization top to bottom into shape uh but they went out and got jared stidham as as a backup quarterback he looked great when he came in and played for the raiders uh a couple of games at the end of the year last year they got some ajp ryan i i would expect that they're going to add another running back a veteran running back into that room because uh just for stability in in the event that javante williams does go down uh they drafted marvin mims love him marquez calloway in the wide receiver room as well uh, and then they went out. the The other big guy they got was Mike McGlinchey on the line. Um, so they added a ton of depth on the offensive line. Um, their their offense, I expect them to take. Uh, and they they looked at the part two. Looked like they took a bit of a jump um, from last year. I, I we always talk about in fantasy like regression to the mean. Uh, and and I think that sort of happens this year with Russell Wilson, right? Like last year had to be the outlier. Like it has to be. Uh, for this team to be successful, not just let alone like uh, in just pure numbers, I think it regresses back to uh, maybe he's not the 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 caliber he was uh, when he was winning uh, Super Bowls with the Seahawks, but even like just a notch below that with with this a- offense as talented as it is, that wide receiver room is nuts. Greg Dulcich, I think, is one of the best tight ends in the or young tight ends in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I think he's vastly year. underrated. Be, yeah, yeah, and everyone takes that jump usually in their second year at that position. Yep. So this is going to be big. Yeah, that offense really excites me, and it was the Achilles heel last year. There were a lot of times last year where their defense kept them in games. And what was the what was the stat like? If they had scored eighteen points a game, or maybe it was even less, was 20, they would have was, had like eleven wins. Yeah, if it was twenty points, if we would have scored twenty points. Yeah, nineteen yeah. points would have gotten us like over five hundred. It was just wild. Like the it's yeah. just ridiculous. This and I think I think I think you see that again this year. Uh, again, barring major injuries, of course, but uh, hopefully that doesn't happen uh, for you guys. I don't want to see any team go down like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, the way that they shored up this team in, in the off season, uh, both through the draft and through free agency, I love what they did. They upgraded their offense immensely. Their defense is stellar. I think they're they're uh, they're a dark horse, no pun intended, <laughs> but uh, I think a dark horse in the AFC. Okay, I, I like it. Um, a lot of positive thoughts, which is great. 
Um, I'll say this. The schedule is not as daunting, but it's also not easy. Um, it's sprinkled with tough games throughout. When you look at the first four games that this team's going to be playing, if you told me they started off 4-0, I actually wouldn't be too surprised. But those games are against Las Vegas, the Commanders, the Dolphins, and Chicago. Um, which is probably the easiest stretch of games they're going to have all season. I would love to see a big turnaround. <clears throat> I, I would. And I'm going to do for you, Vito, what I do with all my friends when they come for me for advice. Do you want me to just support you? Or do you want me to tell you what I actually think? <laughs> I, I, I want to hear what you think, but I want to, I, I, I love the schedule aspect because I think that is a huge reason where we're going to do some streaky wins to your point. It does. And there's very winnable games, which is why I think the over-under is as high as it is. There's a few thoughts, right? A, I wish I could say that the Russell Wilson season last year was an outlier, but it wasn't. Was it the worst total like start to finish season statistically he's had? Yes, but it really wasn't that far off from his last two years in Seattle. This trend, which is what I said when they signed him, what I talked about last year when I picked them last in the division, like it's been going this way for a while for Russ. And there are moments I was watching a breakdown Dan Orlovsky did recently where they talked about how Russ has looked to the first two preseason games and how his feet look slower, He, which is a good thing. He's not jitter feet like he was last year. He seems to be taking things more fluidly, right? You like hearing words like that. Those are the buzzwords that get us really excited in preseason. I don't see a world where he reverts back to the best versions of Russell Wilson that we've seen. Right, the one who throws the overtime game winner in the NFC Championship game to send his team to the Super Bowl. I don't see that version of Russell Wilson ever coming back. Mike McGlinchey is a great pull there, or a point there, Scotty, which was like one of the first names I had written down because what I, what you love about a guy like Mike McGlinchey is that he's giving you at least stability, right? Warrington he's zone, the, yeah. <laughs> Warrington zone. He's he's not going to be incredible, but he's also not going to be awful right mm -hmm. he's gonna keep you in games which frankly is already Boy, an know. upgrade <laughs> off of last year mm -hmm. i've said this for a while now the jerry judy thing it's either gonna happen or it's not for him and i know there's plays and there's clips and there's routes where we see him look like the guy we all thought he was going to be coming out, out of uh, out of alabama that guy hasn't existed we we haven't seen that guy yet which doesn't mean he's not a good productive player and I like the depth. I love Cortland Sutton, but he's coming off of another major knee injury. Javante Williams isn't even a year removed from his major knee injury. Samaji Piran's a great like change of pace back, but I, he's not going to be – I mean, he's, he's going to play, what, 10, 12 snaps a game, you know, and he, he'll probably sneak in the end zone a few times. It'll be nice. Um, I love Greg Dolchich. I loved him at UCLA. I think he. I think he's actually going to be really, really good. Interesting that he's listed currently as the number two tight end behind Adam Troutman. But I think once we get into the season, and we saw Russ really start to love throwing the ball to him uh, towards the end of last season. Ultimately, it all comes down to Russ, right? If Russ can pull some magic back from his his heyday when he was at Seattle, then this team can be really, really dangerous because I do think the defense will be really solid. I have a hard time buying in that this team is going to be a double-digit wooden team. 
I think in year one with as much of a culture change as we're expecting here, you know, or we're hoping for here, you know, we're, we're talking about like ideally like eight wins, but this team is in a position with like the amount of money that they gave to Russ and all the assets and everything that they need to be putting off like double digit win seasons now. And the other one that I have here is who did Sean Payton coach under? Who was his guy when he was in Dallas? Parcells. And what happened with Bill Parcells? He went from team to team in the later stops of his career, and it was the same storylines that you were talking about, Vita. Well, since he's been in, you can tell that the you know old school football is back and the culture has already been changing, and he did this and he did that. And when it works, it's awesome, right? You, We love those little nuggets as football nerds. We love hearing mm-hmm. about the – we sending in personnel people in the eating room to make sure that the team's gelling together. Everything we've seen out of Sean Payton so far has been like pretty old man yelling at clouds kind of stuff. You know, it's it's been getting unnecessarily taking shots at, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, like, right? Like, yeah, we all know how fucking terrible he was. You know, it's he's he's kind of a little Parcellsian right now, like Parcells with the Cowboys, which were decent teams, right? Yeah. But it wasn't Parcells with the Giants. It wasn't Parcells with the Patriots. No, but and he didn't have the talent either. Like, I think to your point, like that, I, I what I'm glad about in, in all the offseason, I'll tell you this, this is a really good sign for us is that like Sean Payton picked the job because of the owner and because of like the GM. And he, he made that very clear, like the quarterback can change. Like, that's not the point. And he didn't mean like Russell. He was just saying like in the, in what he looks for in jobs wasn't about a quarterback, but you can tell that like now at least, not saying it's going to be easy. Cause like, we'll, we'll, we have Russ, like he's tied to Russ. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's no way out of that, but the good news is, is that we're not going to ask Russ to be, I think what, what he was in Seattle to your point, like he turned the ball over a lot in bad spots last year. Like just take care of the ball and be, he needs to be more Justin Herbert. Like, you know what I mean? He needs to get a little bit more robotic and just peace, peace, peace. Cause like if he, we have that with this defense, I, I think we get there. I mean, we would have last year, which is the point, I think, which is crazy. Like, I still can't believe how good that defense played and just how bad this offense was. Like, it was atrocious. Well, and look, the defense is also uh, looks a little different than it did last year. Like, I, I, I don't think the defense is going to be as good as last year's team. But I also don't think they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be – I think they'll be fine. You know, I think they'll be good enough. I love Pat Sertan. He is. You, to your point, he's a top two, if not top three, top two. He's in that top five for sure of just pure corners in the NFL right now. I, I think you could make an argument for Sauce. You can make an argument for a few different guys. But he's in that conversation, no doubt. And Pat Sertan is, a, is an absolute stud. I think the defense takes a step back. But if the offense takes a step forward, it probably evens it out a little bit. I'm taking the under. I think they go eight and nine. I think they're right in that ballpark. I think it shows substantial improvement. I think Russ looks better, but I don't think – I think we're going to walk away from this season being like, yeah, Russ, it's just it, – it's better, but it's not – the ceiling here is not great, right? At this point of his career, it's not getting too much better. There's only so much it can get better. Um, and if it's not that, then I think they could be really, really good, right? If I'm wrong – I'm wrong, and, and I will I will be wrong. I'll be the first one to put my hands up. I don't see it. I think this has been a trend with Russ for a while. I have them in eight and nine. Uh, I'm sorry, Vito. I'm taking the under. It's better than last year. 
Okay. Yeah. Last year, I think yeah. I said that I had them going like six and six and eleven, maybe. So I'm giving them more wins now than I did last year. And and Sean Payton is is worth that. But the most annoying part of our entire offseason is that like we had such a bad year and we didn't even get the draft pick. Yes. That hurts the worst. <laughs> we traded but away. You got Marvin Mims in the draft, who I no, no, I think it worked Marvin out, Mims but like be, still, yeah. we had to trade a first round to get Sean Payton. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, Scotty, what do you have for Matt? Uh, I, I'm going to do it for you, Vito. I think it's a 10 win team. I do. Let's go, Scotty. I do. I think the offense is, is better. I think their schedule lines up where it could be streaky, but again, with Sean Payton at the helm, uh, I, I think that's where the advantage comes in of having him is that he can win you those games down the stretch, uh, when you need to win them. Um, LA, Detroit, New England, and LA and Vegas, like you said, Vito, to, to start off the segment. Uh, those are going to be tough games. And I think having Sean Payton matters in those scenarios. Uh, and that's where I think the 10 wins comes from. All right, Vito, what's your pick? Yeah, I, I got uh, I got them over. When I look at the schedule, I'll tell you what, like there, there are spots in it again. So I think like to start, we get off hot, but then I think it gets cold. I mean, we've had, we have to go Jets, KC, Green Bay at home, and then KC at home, and then a bye. Right after the bye, we come back to the Bills. Yeah. And then Vikings. Yeah. Uh, but then we, then we have another streak here. Browns, Texans, Chargers, Lions, Patriots. Like, I think we can win a lot of those games, honestly. And then we finish off with Chargers and Raiders again. And I think the next team, the Raiders, is going to take a step back, actually. So, like, um, or, or not, I shouldn't say step back, but they're going to stay pretty. Uh, I don't think they're going to improve much, yeah. and we're going to get into that. But the point is that I, when I'm adding up, when I'm tallying up losses in the in the season, um, yeah, there's a really hard stretch there in the middle. But I think we're there. We're going to have the chance to really turn a corner and and uh, have a lot of winnable games down the stretch. So um, because of that, I think we're going to finish strong. And, and yeah, I have us at a, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to go conservative and just say 10 wins. I'm going to go. You wanted 10. to say 11 so I, bad. I could see it in your yeah. face. Yeah. yeah. A conservative, go conservative, 10 wins. A conservative 10. Is that, is that fair? God, I'm so off. Hey, I mean, look, <laughs> Vegas, Vegas has you guys at, at eight and a half. I mean, to them, it doesn't seem that crazy for you to get to 10 wins. Yeah. Um, I will say that Vito, right now you'd have uh, two 10 and seven teams and a 12 and five team in the AFC West. So AFC Same. West is back. This is this is what everyone thought it was going to look like back. next year. Yep. Um, one team I do not think we will have that much uh, optimism for is the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, and look. I I feel like the Raiders are going to continue to kind of be the team that we've seen with Derek Carr. It's just, it's going to be Jimmy G now. Um, I like a lot of what they did in the draft. I loved Michael Mayer to me. Like he should have been a first round pick. I know. And Tyree Wilson, the D end out of Texas tech, uh, physical freak. Uh, We'll see how, what his adjustment, right. And if, if he's good and you get him and, and uh, Max Crosby on the same D line, I mean, that's, that's a couple of freaks coming at you hard. Um, Michael Mayer, who's who is the kid from uh, that Buffalo took? Dalton Kincaid. I get why Dalton, everyone yeah. liked him so much. Um, he's definitely more of like the modern Kelsey type guy. Michael Mayer is like the closest thing to a Gronk that we've had come out since Gronk. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's the size 
of Travis Kelsey, but he blocks like uh, uh, like George Kittle. Like he's he's a yeah. fucking freak. And he's going to be really, really important for them because that offensive line is still not particularly uh, good in Las Vegas. But it's going to be like a lot of teams. What does the next iteration of Josh McDaniel look like, right? I mean, Josh McDaniel, his track record as a head coach, Vito, you know it well, is pretty shitty. It's not great. All right. Um but he goes out and he brings in one of his guys, Jacoby Myers. They have a really solid wide receiver room. Devontae Adams, obviously, I think I think very justifiably so, you could say is the best wide receiver in football. Um, Jimmy G is going to find him, find him a lot. Uh, Hunter Renfro out of the slot seems like a perfect guy to kind of have Jimmy G there with. Uh, you have two good. You have the rookie, Michael Mayer, but you also have Austin Hooper, who's a, you know, at this point is a, a vet has been around the league, serviceable tight end. Um, the offensive line is still going to be a big problem, and uh, that hasn't gotten much better. Uh, I think this team's going to really struggle in pass protection, but luckily for them, they have a quarterback who gets the ball out quicker than anyone else in football, which is kind of exactly what this team needs when you look at the build behind it. Uh, defensively, really, really bad team in pass defense last year. Um, I know they've gone out and 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 tried to bring in some guys to bring in Marcus Peters. Uh, Marcus Epps goes over from Philly a couple of years ago. He's now second year starting safety. Trevon Moreg, uh, he's I think third year player now. Uh, they still have Chandler Jones, so there's going to be a lot of depth in terms of pure pass rushers. So if they can generate some pressure, the, the secondary is not bad. I think the defense should be better. Um, right now, I mean they've been over under at six and a half wins. That seems a little bit high, uh, especially because they're, they're playing a pretty tough schedule here too. Uh, I don't know. I, I I guess the question is, like, how much of Josh McDaniels, like, I don't even know how to phrase it because Josh McDaniels has just been bad. He's either yeah. cheated and been really good, he's somehow winning games with Tim Tebow, or he's just been a bad head coach. Um, and, and maybe with Jimmy G now, there's there'll be familiar familiarity. I feel like that's going to help their kind of win total a little bit. But I don't see this team as a legitimate contender. Yeah, neither do I. I, I Jimmy G is going to win you games, um, but you know, come week ten when he's hurt, you're going to be throwing Brian Hoyer out there in that offense. That's um, true. And so, or I, Aiden know, O'Connell, the preseason darling, <laughs> right. he's like the number yeah. one ranked quarterback. He's like number one in air yards. <laughs> He's like number three in complete. He's like absolutely tearing up the preseason. Crazy. Aiden O'Connell, Purdue's own. Sorry. That's crazy. That in there. Yeah. I no, no, that. you're right. It's absolutely right. Um, between that, the offensive line, and who knows what you're going to get in the running back room. Like, will Josh Jacobs be healthy enough to, or, or ready enough to be uh, competing at the same level uh, from the start of the season? Uh, and if not, when is he going to hit that gear that? everyone expects him to be in uh, that he was last year and or was last year just an anomaly for Josh Jacobs is it was that just sort of a, a fluky year where where he got a lot of touches because uh, the quarterback play wasn't great uh, out of Derek Carr for the most part and they decided to run the ball a lot more and use him uh, out of the backfield I don't know uh, I I love the take about Josh Daniels uh, or Josh McDaniels I think uh, that it's a relatively mediocre uh, year again. Uh, my prediction is that Devontae Adams wants out mid-year. My prediction is that Josh McDaniels gets fired mid-year and uh, 
I went through the <laughs> I went through the schedule and, and I was trying to find I I gave them two wins that I don't think that that they will get just in like weird fluky games in Vegas because that place is is a weird place to play. Um but I I, I, I they could be vying for the one pick. Wow. I I don't think they're going to be that bad. I think there's way too much talent on that offense. Like there's a lot of explosive players. Uh, I know Josh Jacobs kind of had that huge year last year, but I mean, he's, if he's thinking about it, like he did last year, like, this is another contract year. He he got franchise tagged. He didn't get the contract. You know, he didn't even get like the Miles Sanders contract. He's going out wanting to, you know, wanting to play. Like he, he's wants to get paid. There are winnable games here. You know, I mean, I, is it enough to get to six? Probably not. I know everyone's kind of falling in love with Pittsburgh, how they've looked so far through two weeks in preseason. But, like, Pittsburgh seems like it could be winnable. Denver seems like it could be winnable. No offense, Vito. New England, Green Bay, Chicago all seem winnable. The Giants seem winnable. Um, Minnesota, again, I feel like they're one of those teams that just has a giant question mark on them because, like, I, I have no idea what to expect out of Minnesota after last year. They get Indy. Like, there's six winnable games. Can they get but more than that? I, I have a hard time seeing that. In the first six, I, there's a a good shot. Looking at this, they could be zero and six heading into to Chicago in week seven, like easily. Yeah, but they could I, also I be three happening. and they, but they could also be three and three, and I wouldn't be surprised either. I would be shocked. I I I think that like I think this is a very bad team. Um, I have them at four wins. I, I, I like I get what you're saying, but I think. Th- th- but do you think they're makers. really that much worse than Green Bay? Um, no, no, I don't think they're that much worse than Green Bay. I think or that could be a winnable Chicago game. Chicago like, or New so England. Have, here's what I have. I have to your point. I have like six winnable games, but I don't think like I think of the winnable ones, they're gonna like easily fumble one out, just give one away for some reason. Like this team has just not been a good team. You know what I mean? It just yeah. hasn't been in the last couple of years. I just don't see that like all of a sudden they put it together and are winning those close games, like winning a lot of those. I just don't see I they've consistently lost them. The defense is nothing besides Max Crosby. I think defensively they're a huge liability. And like to your point, they're gonna win some, but I think four is like that's where I have them. I, I could see to your point six, but like we're we're in that realm where there are a couple wins down there. It, it's a slippery slope when, when you're bad in the NFL. I mean, I, I really like on this schedule, I really have them at like like five. Like I probably would set the line at like five and a half because I, th- I think there's a chance they can get to six. I think it's more likely that they're at five. Um, but look, like we've also seen when Jimmy G's been healthy, all the dude does is really win football games. Like Jimmy G wins football games. Scotty, he does. And you know that. Like he wins football games. It's weird. It doesn't make sense. It's ugly sometimes. I get that he doesn't have the San Francisco defense around him, but he's got really, really good skill guys around him. I don't see this team like vying for the one seed. I I, I really don't. But unless Josh McDaniels is just horrendous. If Josh McDaniels is is really bad, then yeah, like this team. This team could 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 be really really bad. He could get fired midseason, and they could they could end up with like three or four wins. But that offense has a lot of pieces on it, and Jimmy G's going to get the ball out quick. He's going to get the ball to Devontae Adams. He's get, they're going to run the ball off with Josh Jacobs. I think the defense is going to be better than it was last year, um, which is not an objectively hard bar to to, to be better than. 
I'm going to take the under, but I, I have them at six wins. I have them at six. I think they finish at six and 11. Um, and I'll just say this, like, I wouldn't be shocked if they somehow floated up to like seven or eight wins because Vegas is just weird. Everything about them since they moved to Vegas every year, this is now year number three. There's just been weird stuff going on. Actually, it's year number four because it was 2020 was the first year that they played in the new stadium. So yeah, this is year number four in Vegas for them. Weird shit seems to happen there. Um, I'm going to take the under, I think six is right, but. It took a late game interception last year, late in the season, yeah, to, to lose to the Niners. So, like, yeah. And that's a team that went to the NFC Championship. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, fluky stuff happens in that stadium. Uh, and Scotty, do you have you have them at the under as well, though? Uh, which was at seven and a half, you said? Six and a half. Six and a half? Yeah. I'll, I'll take the under. Uh, I, I, I'm with. I'm similar to you. I think there's there's a world where they could have a different record than the six, but I go the other way. You said they could you could they could end up with eight or nine wins. Uh, I think it's six or or four or less. Uh, but Jimmy G's going to win some of those games, especially early. Uh, they don't have an easy game in any of their last eight, uh, and and they have the bye week in the middle of that last eight uh, stretch of games. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't see it. Six six is my number, so I'll take the under. All right, that puts us at all on the under uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, quick break. We have the NFC West. Scotty's turn to get excited about his Niners, uh, and we'll do that. We'll wrap up our preseason preview or season preview on the other side. All right, we now move last division that we have to preview the NFL season. Best for last. Oh, well, maybe. Uh, we have the NFC West. And, of course, we have to start with Scotty's uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, even though no one no one likes them. No one wants to talk about the Niners. No one really cares. Hmm. That's weird. I, I saw do. that brawl. I saw that big brawl that, uh, you know, all you so kind Niners fans. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. you know how you know how it goes so funny. <laughs> You know, on Twitter stuff, there's always that joke, like if Mahomes did this, the internet would explode or whatever. That's how I feel about other fan bases getting into fights. Like if Eagles fans did this, I wouldn't hear the end of it. Fucking Niners fans. Fred, I, Fred Warner and his his wife. I can never go to Philadelphia again. Even though you look at a fucking Niners games and they're all beating the shit out of each other. Come on. What is that shit? Oh, we're it. going to Philly. Twice. Likely. Yeah, well, hopefully. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. But she said, Fred Warner's wife said that she's never going to Philly again because the fans oh, well, were I'll just, go for it. They were just too mean. They were too mean. Man. I, I mean, we kind of are. They're pretty bro. mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying to say that and then have your own fan base, like literally try to rip each other's heads heads off. Yeah, that's... They weren't and even preseason fighting. week two. It yeah. was not the NFC. That's the best part. <laughs> We'd never hear the end about, man, Philly's just a bunch of trash, man. Throwing oh, batteries. my God, they all just fucking hate each other. Like, fucking, <laughs> it happens everywhere. Shut yeah, up. Just I shut know. up. All right, Scott, <laughs> go ahead. Talk. Oh, uh, what do we talk about? I'm I'm so excited for this offense. I, I really am. A full year of McCaffrey. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think, is uh, uh, taking on yet another step. Uh, who knows what we'll get out of Debo, but, you know, he's – 
he's typically a man of his word and he he's he says he's locked in ready to go looks great in the preseason kittle uh banged up a little bit in the preseason but he's coming back this week so the the gang's all there the the big question mark is is one we we talk about um all the time is the offensive line um and and we lost a ton of uh depth we lost guys that were good uh to mediocre and uh here we are left with um with Trent Williams and and the guys uh it's like the maroon they're the maroon four of uh of the offensive linemen uh that isn't uh and Trent Williams Adam. is Adam Levine. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if many people would draw that comparison, and I that's fucking good. love it. That's yeah. good. That's why you're and, one of one, Scotty. So yeah, I'm a unicorn. Uh, just like our quarterback, Brock Purdy. Uh, we'll see. So uh, this is this is where we get a lot of the question marks, right? That we've seen in the offseason. Brock Purdy has been declared the number one, uh, and then we're we're in a battle between Trey Lance and uh, and Sam Donald for the number two. There's a world, and I've said this to you guys before on on uh, for the Niners offense, where uh, Brock Purdy is the last pick of the NFL draft, and it's not the guy who came in and won seven straight games, um, led the team to the NFC Championship game. Uh, I, th- there is a world that exists where where that could very well be, and, and then you're left with a really tough decision uh, because both neither Trey or Sam Donald have looked great in in the preseason uh they've been battling pretty hard in camp but um i mean the trey lance had a, a decent drive a game-winning drive uh at the end of the game against the broncos at the, this past weekend but you know who knows what you're gonna get out of it and uh and so i think with a uh diminished offensive line uh and and a lot of question marks at uh at, at quarterback uh it might be a little tough going uh, in the offense, but if anyone can can uh, can help that along, it's it's going to be Kyle Shanahan and his offense. I think the big question marks uh, that I've seen too are going to be on defense. Uh, everything they lost, uh, particularly in the secondary, uh, is is not great. And I say this week in and week out. I feel like a broken record for the last four or five years. Every weakness the 49ers have is on the offensive line, and it's in the secondary. And we keep seeing that year in and year out. Um, the defensive line stacked. I mean, I, I'm not worried about that. They're going to get after the quarterback, which is going to help uh, in some of the coverage. Um, the the linebacking core, I love. Dre Greenlaw coming back this week to camp. Fred Warner, obviously, we know how good he is. Uh, and, they, and they've got depth at all their linebacker positions as well. Uh, they draft uh, Jair Brown out of Penn State. My boy, uh, he's looked great. They've dropped him in the nickel uh, a, a lot in the preseason. He's looked incredible. Uh, he saved, basically saved the game, Vito, against the Broncos. He he yeah, <laughs> step I for know. step with the – I forget that receiver. Step for step with him to to make the tackle at the two. Dude. Uh, <laughs> um, I, was, I, it was, I was like, no. And then I saw it was him, and I was like, this sucks. I'm so happy yeah. and putting that at the same time. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, there's there's a lot of question marks, a lot of holes in the uh, in the secondary. Hufanga is obviously good. Hopefully, he can continue uh, his, you know, his dominance and safety, being able to drop into the box and play in coverage uh, with with great uh, with great skill that he did last year. The question mark is, I think, is Diamond or Lenore. Uh, like they're they're talking about moving him to the nickelback. Um, and moving Samuel Womack up to to the main uh, cornerback spot, um, 
which would be an interesting move uh, to to pair him on the opposite side of Traverius Ward uh, because, you know, again, we lost a lot of those guys. Womack didn't have a ton of snaps last year because Emmanuel uh, Mosley was back there playing, uh, letting everybody go, uh, including Dallas and C.D. Lamb. So um, I, I'm interested to see how the, the cornerback room shapes up uh, because, again, like those are always the, the question marks with the 49ers. I think the offense is explosive enough to score points. Can the defensive line keep them in enough games and the linebacking court keep them in enough games where uh, they're and put them in enough spots where the the secondary is not going to give up huge plays uh, in tight games? And I think there's going to be a lot of them this year. You go ahead, Vito. All I'm really going to add is that, like, you guys have, have gone through the roster. I agree with 100% everything that you guys are saying. I mean, when it comes down to the schedule, too – there are winnable games across this schedule. And that's where I think like this schedule is going to help you so much this year. Uh, I mean, there, you still have some tough ones, but like, I'm really looking at this in the last, you know, you have these chunks where you play one good team in four games pretty consistently, you know, it's like, I, I think you're going to get off to a really, um, an okay start. Uh, you know, Steelers, Rams, and Giants. And Pittsburgh week one is going to be tricky too, man. Like, make no mistake. It is, but I, you, I think you guys, again, have the front seven and and the offense to do it. Yes, the secondary is a weakness, but to your point, it's been a weakness for the last four or five years, and you guys were in the NFC Championship last year. So it's the same formula. It's working out for you. I, like, and I do think at the quarterback spot, I think Purdy's your guy. Like, I think he's shown me enough that, like, this dude is, is going to make a difference. Um, and, uh, and, and be like a guy for the whole season. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really stoked on him. So I, I think when you look at this schedule, I see a lot of winnable games. I don't even know what, the, what's their over under. Uh, the over under is at 10 and a half. Um, so yeah. my, <clears throat> my, my kind of, big glaring thing like i look at this pretty similarly to the way scotty did i think scotty did a very good job of articulating it there are two main concerns the offensive line is horrible i mean you have arguably like the best player in the nfl in trent williams it's like it's a lot like like, it's a lot like the rams defensive line looks right now it's like you have the best player at that position and everybody else is like (laughs) who yeah um, and I think the value of a guy like Mike McGlinchey and, and, and like, even if you were able to get a guy like who was like Isaac Sayamalu, like just a, like a mm-hmm. really proven solid interior offensive Something, lineman yeah. to go with this would be great, but you have four unprovens, right. And you're playing, you're in the NFC, you're in a relatively easy division. Um, Seattle is a tough team to try to figure out. You do have teams with really, really good elite pass rushers, Right. Um, you get TJ Watt right out of the gates. You get Aaron Donald twice. You get uh, uh, what's the uh, Dexter, is it Dexter Lawrence and Thibodeau, mm-hmm. right? On yeah. the inter- so you get two really good defensive linemen for uh, the Giants. You get Micah Parsons. You get Miles Garrett. You get the Cincinnati <laughs> defensive line. You get the Jacksonville defensive line. You get the Eagles defensive line. Baltimore, like uh, Washington, even like it's a tough schedule specifically when you're talking about offensive line versus defensive line matchups and the other. And I think that ties in specifically with the other point you made, Scotty, which is the other big hole of it, which is we have not seen Brock Purdy lose a game in which he has played the entire game. And for a dude who was a rookie last year with all of the talent that exists on this San Francisco roster, which is a plenty. 
right? It made sense when he came in that he was doing just enough to get there, but you kind of expect, right? And this is maybe unfair of us as fans, but you kind of expect like, all right, year two, it's not just going to be game manager Brock Purdy who's putting the ball in the correct spots it's supposed to be. You want to see him start to develop a little bit. You want to see him take a little bit more command if he's going to be your quarterback of the future. The the question mark around Brock Purdy, I think, is massive. And I understand why people like, well, he won seven games and then got hurt. And who knows what that game would have looked like against Philly in the NFC Championship game. That's all fair. But we still don't know because we've never seen the guy's sample size is so small. He's played seven games in the NFL. And there have been a lot of really smart people who cover the NFL who have penciled him in to be like, ah, well, there's so much talent. And, oh, Kyle Shanahan, he gets the most out of every quarterback. It's just going to keep going. Maybe. Like, it might. It very well might. But now he's playing with a really, really bad offensive line that's going to make it really hard for him, specifically with the matchups that they have in the regular season, to be able to have the time to get the ball to the correct spot. So are we going to see a little bit more of, like, Hey, you're getting knocked off your spot. Can you still, you know, improvise or can you, can you make a play off that you have plenty of guys you can dump the ball down to who can get yards after the catch. Even if it's just Christian McCaffrey on a little hook route out in the flat somewhere, you still are going to have options to try to get the ball out. I think that offensive line coupled with the inexperience and the question mark around Brock Purdy is a big deal. The defense is fucking awesome. It's the best defensive line in football. I'm saying that as an Eagles fan, it is the mm-hmm. best defensive line in football. And I don't think it's close. The Eagles are going to be relying. Than, it's oh, deeper ahead. than people think too. I, I just wanted to to say, it's not just Eric Armstead and, and uh, Nick Bosa. It, it's, it's a much I mean, deeper line. Javon, Javon Hargrave was terrible against the run last year. Luckily you don't have to worry about that in San Francisco because you have Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, but Javon Hardgrave was the best pass rushing defensive tackle in all of like the NFL last year. Like graded out as the number one pass rushing defensive tackle. But they go uh, out and get Dre- Clee Farrell, who who's been amazing in the in the preseason. And and he's jumped around. And look, I mean, the story with him going fourth overall to the Raiders and everything with Clemson that was yeah. a weird story. That was John Gruden. Um, but I love Javon uh, Kinlaw, who's again a rotational guy in that interior between Armstead, Hardgrave, Kinlaw. That's three really, really quality players. Drake Jackson, uh, you know, starting to prove his worth after being the lead for a few had years. Five sacks in the preseason. I mean, and, and then, he's of course, fork. you have the ultimate, like, one of the ultimate weapons defensively in football in Fred Warner, who is just, unde- no matter how annoying his wife is, undeniably fucking incredible. I love watching Fred Warner play football. Like, as much as anyone in the NFL, I can watch Fred Warner tape on repeat because the dude is just so different and far above anyone else in his position group across the NFL. It's just not, it's everything up top. It's the athleticism, the fact that he can go stride for stride with wide receivers, with running backs, tight ends. He allows you to and do pass s- rush. <laughs> he can, he, he allows you to do so much defensively. I do think it's fair to bring up. This is now what a third defensive coordinator in the last four years. Yeah, you know, they all keep lo- getting hired for head coaching jobs. You get Robert Sala, he goes off. D'Amico Ryans is now off. What does that transition look like? If we're going to bring that up about, you know, the Eagles or Shane Steichen, and we've brought up with McVay in the past and him losing his assistance. 
you know, how, how does that replacement process look? Is it going to be a drop-off? I just think this defense has so much talent. I'm not even that concerned about the secondary because of how good this defensive line group is. The fact that you do have Fred Warner who can drop into coverage. You have Dre Greenlaw who just has a nose for the ball. Like, this defense is going to be good, and they're going to keep them in every single game that they play. The biggest question is going to be on offense. It's going to be Brock Purdy. It's going to be the offensive line. And I think they're going to be – Really good. They're going to be a really, really good team. There's too much talent here not to. Ayuk, Debo apparently was saying that he was fat and out of shape last year. If Debo Samuel is fat, I must be morbidly obese because that dude is a freak of nature. (laughs) So, I mean, and obviously, like, if Kittle's healthy, like, him staying healthy is huge for that because he and, and Purdy, like, that catch against the Cowboys, like, when he's in, he's an absolute difference maker. Um, and McCaffrey, same thing. When he's healthy, it completely changes the overall landscape. But the the top two running backs for the Niners are both injury prone historically between Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. So then are we going to be like, who's the new unknown guy that Kyle Shanahan turns into a, t- a guy that everyone wants to go out and sign, right? Um, who's the next Ju- Jeff Wilson Jr.? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, Juwan Jennings, like he's your sixth option we loved use check. Like there's so much to love about this team. I, I know Purdy hasn't given us a reason to doubt him yet, but I don't think that means that we shouldn't have some level of healthy skepticism about what we should expect of him this season, because Purdy for as good as he was during those seven games, you said it yourself, Scotty, they're one interception laid away from losing to the Raiders out of nowhere. Right. Um, and, it can't be just as simple as plug and play a quarterback. Cause when they lost their first quarterback, Josh Johnson was not good enough to get them anywhere before he, get, before he got knocked out. Well, and, and this you're going to be the, playing the depth helps at yeah. quarterback, which for sure, like in having Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen, like those are all guys who have started games in the NFL and, and have had decent moments. I'm worried about this offensive line going up against this schedule and particularly about what it's going to look like in the postseason when you're playing Micah Parsons, when you're playing the Eagles defensive line, how they're going to hold up against Trent Williams is amazing. But unlike the defensive line where one guy can completely slant the field, you need a cohesive offensive line to work together as a unit, no matter how good your left tackle is, even if he's the best left tackle in football, which Trent Williams is you need that line to work cohesively together. And I know Kyle Shanahan's going to have a million wrinkles up his sleeve and he's going to come up with a million different things to, to, to make this offense work. But for a win total at 10 and a half against not a super hard schedule, not one of the hardest, but also not an easy one either. You know, they avoid Kansas city, they avoid Buffalo, but they do have to play Cincinnati. They do have to play the Eagles. They do have to play Dallas. Um, they have to play Jacksonville. They have to play Seattle twice. They have to play Pittsburgh. There's some Baltimore. tough Baltimore. There are some tough games sprinkled in this, which if you're saying again, similar to what we're talking about, like with Kansas City, but kind of on the opposite side, Kansas City's at 11 and a half. Are you really going to expect them to, you know, win only to 11 or yeah, it was 11 and a half, only 11 games. They're going to lose six games. I think it's very possible like seeing this team get to 11 and a half to beat to get to 11 wins to beat 10 and a half. That's hard. I think they're going to do it. I, I have them right now. I think they're going to win 11 games. So I think they get over the top. But 
I think we're going to see some struggles with Brock Purdy and, and ultimately like how he overcomes that is going to say a lot about what this team can do and what his standing with that organization in the future is going to be like, because it's not going to be undefeated. It's not going to be seven straight wins. It's not going to be 17 straight wins. He's going to struggle at points. Well, that'd be year. nice. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, but it's not likely. So yeah, right. I, I have them at 11 wins. I think they win the division. I think they're going to be a, a two or three seed, and that defense is going to be fucking nasty. Um, but as soon as that offensive line starts to break down, I, I think Brock Purdy is going to be in some trouble. And not to go back to college, because obviously it's not like a perfect you know, translation, but like when he had skill guys and a good offensive line at Iowa State and those, those Matt Campbell teams were looking really, really good, those teams were fun to watch. I love those Iowa State teams. They were a top 10 team in college football. The second going into his senior year that they lost all of the skill guys, they lost the running back room, they lost the wide receiver, they lost their tight end, they lost the offensive line, they've dropped to a 500 team. And I don't and I think part of that is cuz Brock Purdy can do everything you need him to in the right situation in the right context. Without that, I think he's limited. And I think there's a chance we're going to see why he was drafted as late as he was at some point this season. If he overcomes it, then I'm completely sold on Brock Purdy. I need to see him overcome that before I can say, like, sign off and be like, this guy's a franchise quarterback. For sure. You need to go through the waves of the ups and the downs with the guy to see, yeah. you know, where he's really at. So for me, I, I have 11 wins. Um, I have 11 wins here. Um, I, I think they could get to 12 very easily. Um, but I also think that this is still Brock Purdy's rookie year. Basically he's going to have rookie moments this year, which are expected because he hasn't played a full season. So like weighing that into account, giving him like the leeway to still be a rookie, right? Like to your point, Jeff, I don't think the expectation can be what he was on average in the last, you know, seven games he played. Like it needs to, you need to give him leeway to, to bounce up and down. He's going to have a down patch. So like with that involved, I see 11 wins with this team. And um, if he plays really well, like it could be better than that for sure. Because I, I do think the rest of this team is just, we know they're at a Super Bowl contending level. So they're going to, they have, they have, they're in a Super Bowl contending position with the talent around them, with a guy who they're developing. And every single game, they don't have the target on their back that like maybe the Eagles do or the Chiefs do, right? Or even like the Bengals do. So like it's not nice think the- way for them. I think the difference between the Niners and those teams that you mentioned, and this is kind of similar with the Bills, uh, I think on the AFC side, is that those three teams you mentioned, the Eagles, the the Chiefs, and the Bengals, nobody's worried about that. Everybody knows that those are solid teams. They're going to win their games. There's so much fragility on the Niners' side. There's so many expectations on the Niners' side. Same with the Bills and the AFC, like I said. There's so much fragility. Every game means something it's not like great you got your 12 13 wins this year now what right and we saw that in the playoffs last year they struggled against a a a decent cowboys team in the divisional and then ran into the uh to the eagles buzzsaw uh similar with the with the bills uh last season where they ran into into the the uh to the chiefs um so yeah i i think that's the difference um but i i've you're going to learn a lot about what you've got in Brock Purdy for sure. in that, in that middle of the season stretch where you go Dallas at Cleveland, at Minnesota, Cincinnati at Jacksonville, 
and then uh, Tampa Bay is a bit of a reprieve, maybe. And then two weeks after that, Thanksgiving at Seattle, and then the following week at Philadelphia, and then Seattle again. Uh, you're going to learn a lot about about what you've got at quarterback um, at that point, assuming he's healthy still. Uh, and that that to me is going to be the the turning point of the year. Um, if they can get through and and be Owen or four and zero going into the to the Dallas game at the at the beginning of the month in October, um, they're going to be in good shape because that's going to be a, a wicked stretch. All right. So, what do you have the mat over under ten and a half? Uh, seventeen and no, no. Uh, I got a twelve and five. Twelve and five for the Niners to win the division. Right. Which, again, if they stay healthy, if the offensive line is better than what we expect them to be, I don't think any of that is completely un- unrealistic because, like, they could win thirteen games. They could be the one seed. I genuinely wouldn't be too shocked because that is how good this roster is, and I don't want to understate how good. The whole roster is. But to your point, Scott, they are at a point right now where it's like they're the up and down of the Kyle Shanahan era in San Francisco has been really fascinating because there's no the question has never been whether he's a good coach. They've always had injuries. It's been Jimmy G tearing an ACL. It's Trey, uh, you know, Trey Lance getting hurt. It's always been these weird moments. George Kittle out for four weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's always been these weird things that have just kind of tanked their season. It's never been a question about Kyle Shanahan, but they are in a point now where it's like, all right, you've put together two really good years in a row. Are you going to be able to, you know, kind of prove your shit here? And and I think they're going to, I think at this point, but I, I need to see Brock Purdy go through some adversity because he has to this point, we just haven't other than, you know, the, the injury. Um, and if he goes down, would you rather see, who, who would you, I guess the, the context matters, but like if San Francisco's, you know, early in the season, we have an injury, he re-injures the elbow, ACL, something like that for Brock Purdy. Would you say, hey, look, we got to see what we have with Trey Lance? Or are you saying give the ball off to Sam Darnold and we'll make the most out of it? I think the, yeah, the context is important because that, you know, when that, if and when that happens uh, in this, at that point in the season would be important. I'd be more inclined to, almost in any case, just give the ball to Trey Lance and see what you got. Yeah. Cause then, you know, for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, the other argument is give it to Sam Donald, who's a proven NFL quarterback and get whatever you possibly can for Trey Lance uh, in a, in a trade. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see both sides. I would rather just give the ball to Trey Lance and see what you got. I think I said this to you when you and I were golfing in the spring, Scotty and the, the Sam yeah. Donald news broke when you and I were together and I said, yep. I'm calling it now. Sam Darnold's going to win an important game for you guys at some point this year, and I'm sticking with that. Sam Darnold Baltimore, will win Christmas Day. <laughs> Sam Darnold will win at least one game for the Niners this year, at least one. <laughs> All right, let's go to Scotty's second favorite team, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, <laughs> always um, a jokester there, Jeff. That's what I do. Uh, really interesting team here, right? They obviously exceeded uh, expectations beyond belief last year um no one really had this everyone thought this was a team that was going to be competing for a top draft pick they end up making the postseason uh they end up putting together a really good season they have a guy in geno smith that seems to be at least in the short term a guy that they're going to hang around to and 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 hang on to and kind of see what the most they can get out of him which i think is the correct call uh they lost some members of their coaching staff which again we'll see how that affects geno um, 
But this is a team on paper, right? You look at the offense in particular, there's a lot to get excited about here with the Seattle Seahawks. A lot. Um, if Geno continues to play the level he did last year, you have a backfield of Kenneth Walker, who when he was healthy was awesome for Seattle last year. Uh, the rookie out of UCLA, Zach Charbonnet, who I loved at UCLA and I think is a really, really fun gadget guy, but also like he's kind of Austin Eckler-ish can run between the tackles, but they're going to use him in the passing game. Uh, we know what that wide receiver room looked like before the draft, but then they add Jackson Smith and Jigba, who had an awesome touchdown catch uh, this past week. on Diggs, dude. Holy crap. He sure did. Absolutely uh, cooked him. And what's great about that, too, is you have DK, you have Tyler Lockett, but Jackson Smith and Jigba does most of his damage out of the slot, and that's exactly where he's going to be playing on this team. Noah Fant. Uh, really, again, like another dude, high draft pick, hasn't quite lived up to the expectations we thought we would have with him. Um, but I, another valuable guy, especially if he's your fourth, fifth option, which it's likely to be on this team, he's a really dangerous dude to have. Uh, and then the offensive line for them was really what made the difference last year. They had a rookie, my biggest miss of, of the last couple of drafts, and Charles Cross, who was really, really good. He kind of hit the rookie wall a little bit, uh, like week 12. Um, but ultimately for rookie played well, he takes that next step. He could be a really, really like top level offensive tackle in the NFL uh, surprisingly quick. And they also did it on the other side with Abraham Lucas, who was a rookie last year, late round draft pick who turned into a really, really good player um, that in that the interior of the offensive line, it's not great, not bad, but like definitely needs to see a little bit of improvement there, but it looks like they have their anchors on the outside, which again, playing in this division, you're going to need that when you play the Rams and Aaron Donald twice and you play obviously that San Francisco 49ers front twice, you're going to need that. It's it's they need depth and they need talent and they have seemingly built that. And then the defense, look, they lost the defensive coordinator or uh, one of their uh, defensive coaches, Sean Desai. He is now the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. Uh, he was a big part of, of kind of developing that defense. They bring back Bobby Wagner, which, I love personally, I just always love those stories of seeing a guy go back, you know, finish out his career, put a couple of years together that are decent, retire. Um, but he was still a productive player for the Rams. Oh, like he was elite last year. Yeah. <laughs> like he was still a really, really good player. So having that boy, a Mafe in the second year, uh, he was really good as a rookie. Uh, obviously we know uh, uh, Tyreek Woolen, um, Devin Witherspoon, two rookies on the outside uh, and Jamal Adams. Hopefully he comes back. Remember, he missed most of the season. Quandre Diggs. This is a young, aggressive, exciting defense with a lot. Jaron Reed, the big nose tackle in the middle. There's a lot to like about this Seattle team. So, Vito, I'm going to ask you because I know Scotty's answer. Why shouldn't I pick the Seattle Seahawks to win this division? Oh, oh man. Um I guess when I'm looking at this team, if I had to pick one thing, it's going to end up being like, what is on that, on that front seven outside of Bobby Wagner? Like what can't he cover? Like you're going to have Witherspoon in the slot, slot, the rookie. I really like, I really like this defense, but if they can get like up the middle, if, if they, if Reed doesn't take on a lot, you know, they don't have a lot else on there. Like I, I don't think that this defensive line is necessarily, um, as good as it's been in the past and also good enough to hold up. Like, I think the linebacker and secondary positions are great, but to me, like that's, that's the part of the, uh, of the defense that's really weak. And I think to your point, when you look at this division and some of the other people 
um, that are in it. They can't, they have a good offense, but they're not elite. You know what I mean? Like you're just, you're not going to be, um, I mean, you can be a top 10 offense and, and have, be productive. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be a productive offense, but uh, some of the playmakers like Metcalf is great. And so is Lockett, but, and they have Smith and Jake, but I think this whole situation is great, but I think, I don't think that this team's going to take that much more of a step than they had last year. I still think they're going to be really good, but to me, that defensive line is just where they fell off a little bit. And, and I think the offensive line, it's young. They had a good year, but you know, um, there, there was a little change on there. And, and, and I, I also, it's hard with a quarterback like Geno Smith, because you're going to want to run the ball a lot, but you have these receivers you have so much volume to get the ball out. And I think they're going to end up like trying to get the ball. Uh, you know, they're going to have to establish the run and, and lose a lot of like three downs, like three and outs with this kind of offense that they're going to have to run. Scotty, I'm going to ask you the same question. I'm going to ask you to take your Niners hat off first. Not literally, but you know what I mean? No, <laughs> no I, uh, I, I think their biggest problem last year on defense was clearly the, the pass rush. Um, and, and so if they can get, that going a little bit more. I mean, uh, they were they were decent enough at stopping the run. Um, um, they did a pretty good job of it for for most of the year until they hit that uh, that divisional game again or the wild card yeah, game man. against the Forty Niners. Um, and then, um, uh, but the, if they can start getting to the quarterback, that's when I'm going to whether it's from the edge or the interior. Right? They drafted a uh, uh, oh god, who's the the defensive lineman from Mississippi? They drafted. Um, uh, anyway, uh, name escapes me. But uh, if if they can start getting to the uh, to the quarterback, Cameron, that's going to help. Cameron a lot. Young, the D Cameron Young from you. Mississippi State. Yeah, um, and so that that's my my one big thing on defense. And then on offense, like, what if Geno Smith is like goes back to being a pumpkin again? Like, what if, what if that that year was a fluke and uh, and you know his seventy seven percent adjusted completion percentage uh to two wide receivers turns into something less now that he has three uh really good receivers uh or just that he's he's not that elite of a quarterback that he played to last year and it was it was a fluke of a year i'm not saying that he isn't i i, I don't for the record i don't think that he is but yeah. there's a in, in the same world where brock purdy could be playing like the seventh round draft pick uh, mr irrelevant um so too can can Geno Smith play like the the average quarterback that we've seen uh, throughout his career. I I agree, and I think that's a really good point um, because I think that is the big thing. It's like can Geno Smith replicate something that he didn't do for the first? Now, granted, he didn't have a huge sample size or a ton of opportunity True. to True. show himself. I mean, he had, and we know how the way everything with New York how that ended. Um, breaking his jaw by getting punched in the face by a teammate. Like that's not a great sign typically. Um, but that definitely kind of put a stink on him around the league and he never got an opportunity to really start again. And he beat out drew lock. He got a chance to start and this team went on to win nine games. They're over under and I was at eight and a half. Their schedule is not that much harder than it was the year before. And frankly, I think there's more talent on this team. I think the offensive line's better than it was last year. It should be better. The defensive line, the, the whole defense should continue to get better because half that team was that defense last year was rookies that were just playing out of their mind. 
you know, Draymond Jones, solid starting caliber defensive end in the NFL. Boye Mafi, they spent, or Mafe, they spent a first round draft pick on him last year out of Minnesota. He was really solid as a rookie, hit that rookie wall. That's kind of what a lot of the pieces on this defense. I loved the kid they drafted out of Auburn in the second round, Devin, uh, Derek Hall. He was a guy who, going into his junior year, people thought was going to be a top 15 pick. He's now false to them early second round. They go up and they get Devin Witherspoon, fifth overall out of Illinois, feisty, physical, nasty corner. You're putting him with Tyreek Woolen, and you're going to get Jamal Adams back at some point, which they played the majority of the season last year without Jamal Adams. This defense across the board should be better than it was last year. The offense across the board should be better than it was last year. The question is, can Geno Smith continue to play at the level that he played last year? Because if he did, if he does, there is way too much talent on this offense to not be a double-digit win team. And their schedule, look, it's not, again, it's not necessarily a cakewalk. Like, they have to play Philly. They have to play Dallas. There's a couple of tough games. Baltimore. Obviously, you get San Francisco twice. But outside of that, it's, you know, the Rams, the Lions, that was a, one of the best games of the season last year was that Lions-Seahawks uh, game that the Seahawks came on top. I think it was like 45 to 42 or something at the end of the game. Uh, the Giants, that's winnable. Cincinnati, that's going to be tough. But outside of those teams, like every every single game up here is a game that I would say the Seahawks should win based off of what we know right now, what the roster looks like, and what we saw from last year. Of course, once the season starts, all that's going to change. But across the board, I'm really, really loving what I'm seeing out of this team over under eight and a half. I have them at 10. I really want them to get to actually, no, fuck it. They're going to be 11 and six. They're going to be 11. Wow. And, they're wow. going to, they're going to be 11 and six. They're going to tie the overall record with San Francisco, but San Francisco will have them on the head to head. Wow. I, <laughs> 11. Seems I, high. I got him at eight. I got the under. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. see, I wouldn't take the under. I, I'm taking the as, under. I'm taking the well, under. How, how come, Vito? I, I, you know what? I don't. I couldn't even pinpoint a specific thing, but I'll tell you what. I, I think first of all, I love Pete Carroll, and I love the videos of him in camp, just like slinging it, balling out, just hanging out. Like he, that dude is awesome, and I think they have good leaders on that team in general. I just think that this team. Um, Looking at their schedule, like I, I actually, I, I just think some of these are going to be tougher. Like Detroit's going to be really tough for them. The Giants are tough. Bengals are going to be tough. Like Ravens, uh, obviously the Niners, the Cowboys, the Eagles. Like they, a lot of these games are going to be tough for them to win. I just don't think. I think last year they won a lot of closer games, and I'm just thinking that like, and they had a more balance. It wasn't like the Vikings by any means. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know they are still going to have, I think, a little bit of a regression, in, in my opinion. So so that's what I see against this schedule. Like, I, when I just name off those teams, even the Steelers, like, that's going to be tough for them. That's a really tough game, you know? And, like, and look, I will say this. Part of that number for me comes to, on paper, I see 10 – again, based off what we see right now, I see 10 games that they are the better team on paper. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they're going to win all 10 of those, but I expect them to at least win in that ballpark. And like I, I was just really impressed with what I saw. And I think based off of how much they were relying on rookies last year, 
that experience and big time games and shit that matters, your rookie season, something that like all these games matter because you're playing for something. It that's an invaluable experience for like young players. It sets a mind like a tone for their career of like we're gonna be here and we're gonna be doing this and we're not going away anytime soon. Obviously, all of those guys aren't gonna take another big leap forward, but this offense is gonna be really hard to stop. And there's going to be games that they well. should lose yeah. that they're probably going to win. Like they could beat Philly. If they beat Philly, like I'd be pissed obviously as a fan, but I really wouldn't be that shocked. I would be shocked. Yeah. Come on. I'm, I'm just I'm, telling you like in a regular half, season, game, I hit under by half. Like I'm not, think about, I'm not far from Vegas and I trust put Vegas. Your, put yourself in the mindset of like week 12, right? Like a random game. And we've already seen mm-hmm. a bunch of random crazy shit happen in the NFL during the regular season. And, you know, what is a week or week 15, whatever it is, Seattle comes into or it hosts Philly and all of a sudden just beats them randomly on some game. Like that happens all the time. I 11 might be a little over anxious. I was going to put them at 10, but I, I, I like this team. I think double digits makes sense, but that's just me. Um, all right. So Vito has them at eight and nine on the under. And what about you, Scotty? So Vito, you cited those tough games, New York, Cincinnati, uh, Baltimore, uh, Dallas, uh, obviously one again on the, the road, uh, against San Francisco, all of those games, Detroit, all of those games I just listed are road games. Like if they're coming in to, to Seattle to play the 12s, different, different game entirely, but those are going to be tough, tough road. They're already tough games, but they're on the road. Uh, and so that I think makes a difference. Uh, I think Geno Smith regresses a little bit. He's not going to get away with being. Uh, tied for the league lead and turnover where he plays with 29 last year and and, and have 35 uh, big big plays uh, and, and get away with all of that like he did last year. Uh, it's just not going to happen to me. I think it, there's there's a regression there, um, and they're going to have to rely a little bit more on the on the running game, which may or may not help their offensive line down the stretch, but uh, uh, they're they're set up well there too. I, I still don't think that it's a huge jump. Uh, I have them at the same record that they had last year. I have them at nine and eight. Yeah, I, I look. I think I haven't made any bold picks yet. Really, this this preview. And why I, do you I, you do this just to piss me off? <laughs> My bold pick is Seattle, just to piss Scotty off. It's not just to piss Scotty yeah, off. I mean, there's that's just there's the other reason. Scotty. That's just the sprinkles. <laughs> You know, that's just the cherry on top of the whole thing, man. <laughs> no, I, I think 10 wins feels right. I, I look at it like simply like this. Is okay. the team is the team better this year than it was last year? And is the is that's the fair. schedule is the schedule about as difficult as it was the year before? The answer to both of those questions is yes. Does that mean that the ball is gonna bounce in their way and it's gonna work out perfectly? No. But if you find a team that you think you believe in, and I haven't really gotten a good reason not to believe, I'm going to pick the Seahawks to win 11 games. Fuck it. Hey, I like it. Throw it out there. All right. Uh, and then when I look like an idiot at the end of the season, then you, guys can, then you guys get to roast me for it, and, and we'll all be fine. You know, I, I did it to you guys last year. I made my own dumb picks. So that's what it is. All right. Two more teams here. Uh, another intriguing team, because I think a lot of people have just r- kind of written yeah. them off. Yeah. Um, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, we are less than two years removed, a year and a half removed from them hoisting the Lombardi Trophy, 
And it seems as though that everyone's just expecting them to be a bad football team this year. And look, is there a chance that that happens? Absolutely. That's kind of what happens in the NFL sometimes. Sometimes you hit the wall, you drop off, and it's it, it's just that bad. Um, there are plenty of things to be concerned about with this Rams team. Uh, primarily, they didn't really do a whole lot to address their issues on the offensive line, which I think is a huge, huge problem because it was really, really bad for them last year. But what was worse for them last year was not having Matthew Stafford, having a running back who had no interest in being on the football field, who also has a ton of Williams, a ton of talent like Cam Akers. Uh, you have an aging superstar who might be one of the greatest defensive players to ever touch a football field and Aaron Donald. Yeah. In general. (laughs) That's true. I should just say, yeah, one of the best players to ever touch a football field. Um, And they're in a weird transition period. And look, this is kind of at the point where like, Hey, is that is the turning of the tide from, Hey, we invested all of these draft picks and all this stuff to go trade up and, and and get a player we wanted mid season and to get Jalen Ramsey and, and to get Von Miller and, to spend all this capital to make ourselves a win now team. And now they're paying for the price for that. That could very well be the case. Um, When you look at the team, uh, just the starters listed right on ESPN, like the projected starters, there's a lot of names that you don't know. There's a lot of names. You kind of sit down and you go like, damn, are they actually going to be able to like win any games this year? But what they do still have is they do have Matthew Stafford who has been healthy by all intents and purposes, but everyone has said, got his off-season surgery. We all know the elbow thing was bad, but it seems like he's healthy, recovered from it. They have a reinvested Cam Akers that when he's been healthy, he's been a very, very good running back. They have Cooper Cup, who, don't forget, triple crown winner at the wide receiver position just a year and a half ago. Uh, Van Jefferson, who has shown plenty of promise. Uh, Tyler Higby, solid tight end. And an offensive line that's going to have some issues. They also have a Super Bowl winning head coach and they have a coach who's been to two Super Bowls who we quickly have moved off of McVay as the wonderkin of, of the NFL and the football. He's still a pretty damn good coach. And the defense has a lot of questions. It's Aaron Donald and a bunch of, you know, who knows what's going to happen. I really wanted to like, come into this when I was doing my prep, like I really wanted to kind of come in and be like, you know, everyone's not talking about the Rams. Everyone's forgot. They just won the Super Bowl. They're going to be, they still have talent. There's a lot of questions about this team, man. There's a lot. And there's a lot of unknowns. I have a hard time believing with the core pieces that they have, that they're going to be like drafting first overall, meaning that would be uh, Detroit would get the number one overall pick. I don't think they're going to be that bad. But, oh, it's hard to see them get over six and a half wins. So where do you guys stand on the Rams as of now? I, I hate them too. Uh, but it, it's it's a case of like uh, on defense to me, like y- you have, and we talked about this with the, with the Niners offensive line, you have one of the greatest players to play on the defensive line and what could be one of the worst overall defenses in the national football league, which doesn't really compute. Uh, but that's where we are. Um, <clears throat> but I think to your point, Jeff, there are a lot of unknown uh, question marks just because you don't know the guys that are, that are on that roster. When you look at the names on paper, you don't know what their chemistry is going to look like coming into the season because we haven't seen a ton of it um, on the field. They lost a lot 
Uh, they didn't do much in the offseason because, again, they couldn't. Uh, and and again, this is what happens when you go all in uh, to to win uh, a championship, and, and they did. Um, and, and so now they're sort of in this purgatory, uh, I think, where where they're going to to have to rebuild uh, and retool a lot uh, over the next couple of years to to make them competitive again. I think uh, they added your guy at, at quarterback, Vito Brett Ripien. They uh, they also drafted thirty six year old quarterback Bennett. Stetson Bennett. Yeah, uh, who right. has been lighting up the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's because he's he's thirty five years old, uh, and so he's. He's he's a, already a vet uh, coming into the league, um, but they did lose a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Not just Jalen Ramsey; they lost Nick Scott too. They lost uh, 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 Leonard Floyd. Uh, they lost a lot of stuff, uh, and, and it's going to to come back to hurt them. I, I looking at their schedule. I don't see a win in the first three for sure, uh, and definitely maybe like one in the first five. Uh, it, it's going to be a tough road to to come back with momentum from from those games, because um, you got Seattle at Seattle, San Francisco at Cincinnati, uh, in at Indy, and then uh, Philadelphia uh, in the first five. Uh, not not great, Bob. Uh, not great, Bob. And so I mean, look at the end of the day, you still have Matthew. Stafford and Cooper Cup, which are going to keep the team afloat and the offense afloat for sure. I just don't know if the defense is going to be able to keep them in games enough uh, where uh, where NFL teams are on the defensive side are going to be like, oh, you have one, maybe two guys and Tyler Higby, who I think is their next best offensive weapon. Um, like, come at me. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's going to be tough sledding in the, in the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think uh... – to your point, it's this defense. Like, like Aaron Donald. So th- it reminded me there's a year where Dick Buckus won the he won the defensive player of the year award in the NFL. And he was on a one in thirteen Chicago Bears team. Like that that's you know what? That's insane. It, as much as I hate the Rams, I'd be here for that to watch Aaron Donald win deploy on like a yeah. three and fifteen team or fourteen. Well, team. and I bring it up. I don't think they're gonna be that bad, but I definitely don't think that this defense can hold up. To your point, with the firepower on the offense, I, I mean, I think Stafford and Cooper Cup, to your point, like they're going to average back out. They're going to be pretty solid, I think, again. Like, I think that's a fair assumption in my, in my book. And uh, Akers is, is done really well in the NFL. Like, there's no reason to think he's going to be anything different. And I like Higby, but to your point, even the offensive line, there's in, in, in the middle, there are some question marks, but like, it's a bad offensive line. It's, it's a yeah. really bad offense. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's definitely not good. And the defense is not good enough. I just think they're going to lose a lot of the trench battles and you're just going to see Aaron Donald, like literally as a, as an individual, the whole line's backing up and he's just pushing forward and like versa. It's just going to be weird to see. Um, John, but, John snow in the, in the yes, battle, of the bastards. Exactly. He's that's him. That's Aaron Donald. Put a fur coat on the boy. What does that mean? Yeah. Oh, fucking nerd. Don't watch Game of Thrones. Wait, what? <laughs> Scott, you never watched Thrones? You know about this. You watched it on my bachelor party and I took a nap because <laughs> it was oh, the finale. <laughs> I remember watching with you. I forgot you napped. I was so, I was like, dude, we watched the finale together, bro. It was amazing. <laughs> so what are you funny. talking about? You? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think you're right, Vito. I, I, and look, this schedule is not easy, man. I mean, for the whole the whole NFC West, I mean, you're playing the AFC North and you're playing the NFC East. 
So you're playing two really, really tough divisions. Like even Washington's not going to be a pushover because of how good that D line is. Uh, six and a half seems high. I think I think if you have an opportunity to put some money on something, as much as I wanted to kind of find a reason to think, you know, this team could bounce back, I just don't think it's there. I I have to take the under. I, you know, look, they play the Colts. They have Arizona twice, which helps. I don't see a whole lot else out there. They'll win one or two random games like that game against your Broncos last year that like out of nowhere, they win a game. I like five wins for this Rams team. I'm going to take them going five and 12. Yeah, I think it's even under that. I I think it's, it's three or four, but for sure the, the under on the win total. What are you going with? How many wins? Yeah, what do you have them for the record, Scotty? Uh, I'll say, I'll say they're drafting high. It's gonna be, it's gonna be three and three and uh, fourteen. All right, Vita, uh, I got, I got them at five as well. I think they're gonna be bad, but I, I think that's they still have Stafford and Cooper Cup. Yeah, like they'll be in some games. And the good news for them is that it's very unlikely that they're gonna be worse than the other team. And the last team we have to talk about here, which is the Arizona Cardinals who I think everyone is basically penciling in to be the worst team in the NFL this season. Um, I mean, look, you're starting quarterback tears ACL late in the season like Kyler Murray did. Um, There's a chance we might see Kyler towards the end of the season, but at that point, why? Why would you even jeopardize, you know, uh, your offensive line? And look, they're not stupid. They know the contract they gave Kyler. They know that there's going to be a team out there that will take a chance on Kyler Murray and if they're bad enough that they can draft a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, especially if they have that one over, number one overall pick, uh, they just invested in Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle out of Ohio State with the sixth overall pick. Great uh, pick. They added some depth on the defensive line with B.J. Ojolari. They have some young, exciting talent. They obviously get the DeAndre Hopkins contracts off the book to try to, you know, free up some potential stuff down the line. It feels like after getting rid of your head coach, and your GM, uh, it seems as though this we might have seen Kyler Murray play his last game in a Cardinals uniform, um, but it's going to be Colt McCoy. We're going to see a whole lot of Colt McCoy playing for uh, the Arizona Cardinals. By the way, want to give a shout out to my friend Rachel, who uh, used to work for the Commanders, got me a signed Colt McCoy jersey. Oh, wow. That's a solid yeah. one. So there was like a whole list. There was like Jonathan Abrams and like – uh, a, b- a bunch of guys. I was like, I can't get one of the guys. Like, if I'm gonna get a signed jersey for a Commanders player, like Cole McCoy, like he's not a Commander. He's hopped around. He's played for a bunch of different teams. You know, I wanted like Cole McCoy is like I fuck with Cole, Cole McCoy. If you're you're not a football fan, if you don't fuck with Cole McCoy, or if you or you're an Oklahoma fan, that's really the only reason why you're you don't <laughs> fuck with Cole McCoy. Other than that, you you fuck with Cole McCoy. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Rondell Moore, Marquise Brown. Zach Ertz, shout out him, man. I Zach Ertz will be a Still sneaky. Playing, huh? Well, he will be a sneaky traded before the deadline guy oh, because yeah. he, a guy like that who's so respected around the league. Also, shout out Julie Ertz, just retired from the U.S. Women's National yeah. Team. Um, but this offensive line is is rough. Uh, it's going to take some, you know, some some young guys who are going to get a lot of valuable reps. Um, there's still guys on that defense that are really fun, you know, Zayvon Collins and. Um, uh, oh, the the guy from uh, 
which I don't I don't see him on the on the um the list here. The guy from Clemson. Uh, why am I blanking? Why is he not on their list? Oh, oh, the defensive uh, they had him playing linebacker. Is he no longer yeah. on that? Is he no longer on their team? Did I miss something? Of course, I can't remember his fucking name Simmons? either. Which is, yes, Simmons. yes, yeah. Isaiah Simmons, there he is. Isaiah wow, they Simmons. have him listed as a cornerback right now. Safety, yeah. Did they drop him in a safety? I mean, he plays everywhere, and I love Isaiah Simmons. And it's a shame Jesus. that his skill set hasn't translated to the NFL. I frankly blame the Arizona Cardinals because if you like the, yeah. the fact that that yeah. dude wasn't a better version of Derwin James is just a fucking shame. Um, they go and get Kazir White in free agency. They have the young kid BJ Ojolari out of LSU, um, Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons. Buda Baker probably will get traded at some point during the regular season. Yeah. Um, but the only pass rush they had was had retired. Yeah, it was JJ Watt. Yeah. <laughs> JJ Watt. That. Uh, but look, they have Maji Sanders. Like they have some young guys who have some potential, but this team's all about just trying trying to rebuild. You know, if you if you come out of the season with Caleb Williams, which would be a hilarious run that you go Josh Rosen. And then the next year draft Kyler Murray. And then three years later, after giving a massive extension, then you draft Caleb Williams. Yeah. Uh, I guess it'd be four years later, five years later, you draft Caleb, Caleb Williams. Um, but look, that's, that's kind of where Arizona is. They're going to be a bad team. Um, suck, bro. It's going to be bad. Uh, <laughs> and they're suck. And they have to play a tough schedule. They're playing the, I guess I said before, playing the NFC East, the AFC South. So, or uh, AFC North rather. So you're getting Dallas, you're getting Philly, you're getting the Commanders and Giants, you're getting Cincy and and Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Um, the winnable games on their schedule. I mean, you look at like Houston, uh, maybe Atlanta. Um, who knows if Sam Howell is really really bad this year? Maybe they can steal one from Washington Week One, and everyone's like, "Oh, is Colt McCoy going to be Geno Smith of this year?" Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. We've seen a lot more Colt McCoy than we've seen of, yeah, the answer. Uh, Chicago towards the end of the season, maybe, but I think, look, their over unders at four and a half. And I think I'm taking the under. I think this is a yeah. three and three and 14 team at best. I think we yeah. could see our first like two and 15 team. Um, this team's not going to be good. And Jonathan Gannon's also a terrible coach. So yeah. you, you don't have a quarterback and you have Jonathan Gannon as your new head coach. That's not a great combination to start, uh, but it's good for setting up a rebuild because it means you're going to get good draft picks. So uh, I have them at three and 14. Um, I have them under at two and 15. I think Damn it's going to be a really See, really I didn't have the team. balls to do it. I wanted to do it, but I pussy. I almost went one. I almost went one win. I, I I'll do see it. it. I'll <laughs> do it. One and 16. I, I hope it hits now just for you, Scotty. That's just amazing. All right. So to recap, we all have Kansas City winning the AFC West and taking the over there. Remember what uh, Vito's friend told you. When we were all on the same page about something, it typically hits. So use that as your barometer. I think it was we like all took five. We're a, a huge indicator. Yeah. Yeah. We were hitting like 66%. Um Kansas City over winning the division. We all have that. Uh, we, Scotty and Vito took the over on the Chargers. I took the under. Uh, you guys took the over on the Broncos. I took the under. We all took the under on the Raiders. And then the NFC West, we all took the over on San Francisco. We, uh, rightfully, did, Vito took the under on Seattle, but mm-hmm. every, me and Scotty both took the over. 
We all took the under on the Rams, and we all took the under on Arizona. <laughs> so that's what we got. Uh, we are going to record Wednesday uh, because I'm going to be out of town for this weekend. That's the plan now. So we're going to record Wednesday and our 200th episode. So for those who have listened, we'll tell you now, we're going to do our fantasy football preview. And we are also going to reveal our playoff predictions for this season, as well as our offensive defensive player of the year, rookie of the years and uh, MVP. (laughs) Yeah. After how well it went last year, I felt like we had to bring it back. So (laughs) I'm doubling uh, down. We're going to do our fantasy preview and we're going to do that stuff, especially as drafts are coming along now. Um, So I actually have my first draft of the year tonight. So wish your boy luck, because as we all know, uh, it's two Mondays, (laughs) Labor Day, Monday. I have the ninth pick because as as we've talked about, I always draft ninth or tenth. I'm always in that same spot. I love that spot. I would take it, man. Ninth is tough because you're you're far away from the turn. Tenth is the least is is like as far away from the turn. If I'm gonna be that late in the first round, put me at eleven or twelve. That's where I like to be. But I can make ten work. I'll make ten work. Uh, fuck you, Scott Hansen, for fucking me over yet again. Hey, whoa, uh, hey, whoa. Hey, hey. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. He he and I are he and I are cool like that. He knows he knows I'm just joking. He knows I'm just joking. All right, that's all we got from the boys. Uh, long pod today, episode 200 coming out. Keep your eyes peeled. Super excited to drop that. Thank you all for listening. We love you guys, and we will talk to you guys uh, in just a couple of days. So be well, and as always, take it easy, everybody.